Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Welcome to another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. On this week's episode, we will talk about the NFL draft as it is draft week in the National Football League. We will also talk about, uh, uh, just talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs, talk about the NHL, talk about uh, the NHL playoff situation right now uh, with positioning in the East, playoff, playoff spots available in the West, and we'll conclude the podcast with some soccer talk as well. But let's get right into it, where we will begin with, you know, just talk about the upcoming NFL draft, which will take place, which will take place this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Rounds round one will be Thursday. Rounds two and three will be Friday, and then fourth through seven will be Saturday. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I almost forgot that the draft was happening this week, mainly just because, like. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of like big name talent like out there in my opinion. I know that this draft is like receiver heavy, but the thing is though is like I feel like there's a huge lack lackluster of talent available in this draft. And I I'm just gonna be honest. Other than maybe a few, other than maybe like t- a couple handfuls of people, I don't know who the hell's out there. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, this is a boring draft. Not many people are talking about because there, let's be honest, there is maybe maybe two quarterbacks will go in the for, first round, and when that happens, like normally you'll get to talk about the draft when we get more quarterbacks, we'll say go, like if we had three quarterbacks going in the top ten or even two of them. But at this point, I mean, I honestly don't think we're going to see a receiver till probably, I would say probably the Steelers. I don't think. Because I know there's been a lot of talks about Carolina wanting a quarterback because we all know Sam Darnold isn't their guy. But I just can't see them taking – it would either be Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett with the sixth overall pick. I just cannot see that happening because, th- let's be honest, the quarterbacks in this draft aren't great. But, I mean, then again, we never know with what they're going to get. But it's like I wouldn't waste one there. And we honestly don't even know – I mean, there's two guys, I think, in my opinion, that will go first overall. But – they're kind of a toss up there as well with who Jacksonville wants to go with. I mean, I mean, my opinion, like we'll go, I'll touch base on like number one overall, like right now before I go into like the quarterback situation, but I think I'm think I'm thinking. And from what I've been seeing with the mock drafts and everything, it looks like that uh, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, the edge rusher looks like the consensus number one overall pick for Jackson for Jackson. Oh. Up until today, actually, they changed the odds for the first overall pick. Uh, Trayvon Walker now is the betting favorite to go first overall. Oh, so oh, really? So there, yeah, so, so that finally that that just changed today though, because for a while everyone thought it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson, so, and then up until today. So I don't know, like if the like if Vegas got something that they know now that they changed the odds yeah. of it or what it is. See, but, that's what I that's what I was gonna find, say. I find that interesting. There, like Vegas, like changed the odds, and but the, but the mock drafts like really haven't like still have Hutchinson there. So it's like, all right, what's exactly happening here? Like, 
Do do the quote unquote mock draft experts know something that Vegas doesn't know? Does Vegas know something that the quote unquote experts don't know? I mean, the thing the is, the only way we, I could see like a change into that between those two is if Jacksonville maybe wants to go with an old lineman. But I don't see that. I think because I think the first old lineman off the board, I would assume, is probably going to be Ikem and Conway from NC State. He, yeah, and yeah, but I don't know if I don't know if Jacksonville will go that route because I mean, edge rushers come at like like star edge rushers come at kind of like a minimum in the NFL. So it's like you you're either looking at a Trayvon Walker with a D lineman or Aiden Hutchinson who is the edge rusher. Yeah, I mean, my thought process is, is, I mean, it's Jacksonville, so we don't know what the fuck is exactly going to happen. I mean, this is an organization that thought Urban Meyer had, had the capabilities to be an NFL coach, and then they realized that he was just a horny old man who honestly lost his coaching, who lost his touch uh, coaching-wise years ago um, when, he, uh, when he was still at Ohio State. Um, Jacksonville is honestly a dysfunctional organization. They've gone through how huh? they've been going through a they've been going through a rebuild since after the 2017 season when they miraculously made the AFC championship game and came within a quarter of the Super Bowl. But the thing is, though, is like, no, I, I we don't know what Jacksonville is going to do. These so-called experts don't know what Jacksonville is going to do. The smart move, in my opinion, would be to take an edge rusher, mainly just because, like you said, edge rush edge rushers are hard to come by. You can always find good offense. You can always get a. You can always draft or find good O linemen somewhere and develop and develop them. I mean, the thing is, though, is like you don't need to get and draft an O lineman number one overall unless you're for certain that this offensive lineman is going to be the be all know all end all um, to help protect Trevor Lawrence in the long run because the thing is though is obviously like that is like what you that's like something that like you want to do obviously is to protect your young quarterback but the thing is though is like defensive players overall are hard to come by now because the NFL, the NFL like prides itself more on being an offensive league. And let's be honest here. Like there are a good handful of defense. There are a shit ton of great or good or great defensive players in the league. But when it comes to like them being on the younger side, they're kind of like when they get drafted, they kind of tend to be like steals or something like that. It's like, oh yeah, here we go. This guy's a damn good linebacker. This guy's a damn good edge rusher. He can he 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 can be in our front seven for he can be in our front seven for a few years or something like that. But again, Jacksonville, they're a dysfunctional organization. I mean, for some reason, I feel like they'll find a way to fuck the pickup uh, or uh, fuck the pickup just because it's the Jaguars. But I mean. When you're talking about that tackle from NC State, when you're talking about that tackle from NC State, Akeem Aquanu, like everybody was saying, like from what I was taking a look at here, from what I was taking a look at here, if he is taken, I mean, he from what I'm looking at with the mock drafts, he it looks like he fall like if he was taken like in the top five, he falls to he falls to my the team I support, the New York Giants at five from what I was looking at the mock drafts. But 
I mean, if he if somehow he gets taken and won by the Jaguars, I mean, that really can that really changes the whole dynamic of the rest of like the top ten, in my opinion. Because yeah, so I think you could, if you was wanted an O line, I think you probably would at that point probably go Evan Neal from Alabama, right? If, uh, so this is what uh, I've been seeing in like a lot of mock drafts for you guys. Evan Neal, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem with either one of them. I guess it all depends on who's available because it all goes back to like who takes who at this point. Because the thing is, though, is like these mock drafts show one thing, but then all of a sudden, like, then all of a sudden, like, when draft night comes in the first round, it all, you know, like, there can be a, there can be a surprise whether or not like a team that takes a player that nobody expected them to take or if a trade happens. And that's one thing about draft. That's one thing about the draft that always intrigues me is like, Oh, all right. We're talking about like who may go where, but the thing is though, is like all of a sudden a team could trade, a team could trade up and like, instead of saying having like the jets have the number four pick next thing you know, like, the fucking Eagles could have the number, like the e, like the Eagles or the Rams could have the four, the number four overall pick or whatever. Like obviously that won't happen because that means the Rams will have to give up something of value, but they're not going to do that. But like you know what I mean? Like a random team could just pop up on nowhere, and it's like, oh shit! Like where? Like who do they want? You know? So I think the, probably the only team that like might move out of their top picks would probably either probably be you guys or I would have to say the Jets just because you guys have two picks in the top 10, but we also know how important those picks are when it comes draft time. Or even like the Eagles are sitting at um 15 and 18. Um, uh, There's like a couple teams that have those two picks in the first round, but I'm looking at it as like, I don't see any team really moving out outside of the top 10 um, if they don't have a pick per se, like, like uh, the two teams I mentioned might just based on the pick, two picks they have either try to get something from like next year in the future or a move that can help them now in this draft. Cause like we said, like this draft isn't superstar heavy, but like, no, not but, at all. Like, how we've seen before though, is like anyone can really come out and be a superstar depending on where they come out from. It just depends if they're in the right system at that point and everything. Cause let's be honest, the draft, it's hard. Like this is why no team has ever perfected it. It's hard to pick what these players are going to do come NFL time. Exactly. It all depends on like what they look like. I mean, what what they look like and how they perform and everything. Like come train, come training camp, come preseason and everything. Because the thing is, though, is like these play these kids that get drafted out of college could either be the second coming of of the second coming of their position for the most part, they could either be a complete and total and total bust, or they could be like a, or they could just be used for depth and they'll just end up having a career where they're just like a depth guy or whatever. But the thing is though, it's hard to tell like what exactly like happens like from that Thursday to that Saturday. Yeah. On paper, on paper, like you can say on paper, like somebody can like make a draft grade and say, Oh, the Buffalo Bills got an got a B plus in the draft because of who they took based on what they based on their needs. And say along the lines of like the Arizona Cardinals could have gotten like a D minus because they didn't they didn't fill holes that they thought that should have been filled according to these so called experts or whatever like that. But then when you look at but then when you look on but then when but then when you look ahead as the season goes on and the years go on, 
like, oh, it's like, oh, shit, this draft class that this team selected actually turned out to be good and we were wrong. Or this draft class that this team selected turned out to be utter complete shit and we were wrong about that. And we, we thought that they were a great draft class. I mean, what I'm I mean, that's just how it goes there. That it, it, the draft, nobody, like you said, nobody can perfect a draft in any sport. I mean, it takes it takes time for these players to it. It takes time for players to develop to get to where they need to be. The only thing is, though, is that in the NFL, compared to other other leagues, the the other big three leagues in North American sports, there's no minor league or anything like that where these players can develop if they once they get drafted and sign their rookie contracts like they're on the team and if they're on the team then like all right you're playing for us and if you don't and if you don't and if you you're playing for us you're going to go through training camp preseason and if you make the team you make the team if you don't you'll be put on the practice squad and if you're not put on the practice squad well then your career is over before it even started yeah, exactly, and that's why, like we said, it's just hard to pick. But, I mean, it is always interesting to see what teams are going to do, especially, like, with Buffalo finally being in a situation now with me where it's like we have most of our holes filled. Now it's just kind of picking something else that could benefit us, like, in the future because, like, I've been used to my whole life the Bills have been drafting, like, the top ten, basically. And, yeah. And now we look at it, it's like, for my standpoint, it's like looking at trying to find the best fit for what we need now. Like I have a couple thoughts on like what they can do, but I know we'll get into our teams later, but it's just like, look at it. It's like, it changes the whole mindset of like a team that like needs to win, like a team that's like expected to win the Super Bowl and teams that are like rebuilding, just how different these teams do look at the draft and benefit it. Like clearly like it's hard, like it's hard to draft good. Cause like I said, um, I was listening to the radio and since, I heard a stat that blew my mind. It says since 2017, the best drafting team in the NFL was the New Orleans Saints. And ever since Drew Brees left, they haven't been a good team. And it goes to show that even with all, if you get the good drafts, you still need other play. Like you, it really comes down to having a good quarterback. So it's like, and and with go, this, what was that? Yeah, I was just going to say it all, goes, it all, it all depends on like how the team gets put together. I wasn't going to say necessarily the quarterback, like if they if the team that isn't put isn't well put together, like yeah they get they draft well and everything like draft quality players, but if they don't fit in the system, if they if the system isn't working for the players, then something needs to change, you know. But the quarterback aspect does play a part there. You're not I'm not gonna I'm not counting that on discounting that at all. Yeah, no, that's I'm just interested to see what these teams are gonna do because let's be honest, we we do not expect Jacksonville really to make a push this year to make like a playoff push by any means uh, with their first round pick. I mean, I know they spent heavy this offseason. They kind of overpaid for like, they really overpaid for like middle of the like road talent in the NFL, but that's what you need to do when you're not a good team, which is might hurt them. But they have the cap right now to do it. But it's like, then you look at Detroit as well. It's like, well, yes, you're going to get a good player picking second, but it's like, you, they still have a while to go. And same with, I mean, the Jets have just always been terrible, and they have two picks in the top ten this year. It's like, how much is this actually going to benefit them? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, looking at our teams, like the the Buffalo Bills and the New York Giants, they're on two different ends of the spectrum. The New York Giants are in a rebuild, are in a rebuild, 
and the Buffalo Bills are primed in a, are prime, are in a prime position to on paper be Super Bowl favorites if they're not already if they're not already. I mean it all depends on who you talk to and what you look at there. But so when it comes to perspective for your team like yeah, you're not going to fill your holes because most of your holes are, have already been filled either in free agency and trades or you res- or you kept like the main core and it's just a matter of like depth and it's just a matter of depth perception there. So you're going to look for the best available on the board with each of your picks. The New York Giants on the other hand, they've got two top 10 picks. They're not going to look for best available player. They're going to look for overall, I should say. They'll look for the best they'll look for a player that they will feel should fill holes to make to improve overall positions on the team like the offensive line the offensive line has been atrocious for years now and they still haven't fixed that so that's something that they want to work on obviously like they need to fill in some key holes of key, fill in some key positions on defense like an edge rusher or anything like that so that's like why all the mock drafts are saying oh they'll take an edge rusher at five and an offensive tackle at seven or vice versa um but the thing is though is like like you've got these random bozos that talk shit, that talk out of their fucking ass uh, that say, oh, maybe uh, may, maybe they'll somehow trade down to draft a quarterback for competition for Daniel Jones. And I'm thinking to myself, no, that's what we signed Tyrod Taylor for. Shut the fuck up. Um, but the thing is, but the thing is, though, is like that. That's one thing about the draft. That's another thing about the draft that always kind of, kind of annoys me because it's like. Well, if a team doesn't isn't sure like what they want to do, then the rumor mill circulates about like, oh, this team may do this, this team may do that. They may trade down, they may trade up. And then they'll just throw around like players that like are unhappy in their current situation, like Debo Samuel or um, teams that are looking to get rid of players that no, that they don't want anymore, like Sam Darnold in Carolina or Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. And people and the so-called experts in the national media are using are on paper making these players look like trade baits for the draft um, to possibly acquire picks or anything like that or something like that. But um, but that's like kind of like where it, that's kind of like where everything stands right now, um, if that makes sense to you there. No, that makes sense to me. But um, like regarding those bets that you're talking about, kind of like uh, um, going to the Carolina team, it's like if I'm them, I'm I might look at taking a quarterback at my um, my tenth overall pick because like quarterbacks at this league, a good quarterback comes at like a premium, and we or excuse me, they have the sixth overall pick. Um, I just smoke. Sorry about that. But um, they come at such a pre premium. It's like I'm kind of thinking maybe like. If I'm them, like I, clearly, like Sam Darnold's on our guys, like do I do I risk that six overall pick on a quarterback? And like clearly, if it hits, like you look like a genius. But if not, then it's like, well, we could have went somewhere else. But I just think quarterback is such a premium in this league where like teams might that are struggling might be looking at that um, option and saying like, okay, we kind of need this right now. Like as well, I don't think Atlanta would do that, but who knows? Yeah, no, exactly. Who knows there? I mean, today, today I was taking a look on social media 
And apparently, and fucking Dan Orlovsky's dumbass yesterday apparently went was on TV and said that Baker Mayfield may be the steal of the draft. And I'm thinking to myself, what is somebody actually going to risk their team's future to take fucking Baker to trade for Baker Mayfield? <laughs> like, I so where, where um getting away from the draft a little bit, where do you think Baker ends up? Do you think it's Carolina, or do you think? you think the Browns hold on to him until towards the end of summer, towards training camp and just like a team. Cause I think the longer they hold on to him the, with this type of situation, his value might go up depending on like injuries that come through. Like, Well, I mean, I think that his value like is at his values at its lowest that it's ever been right now, obviously given like the fact that he did not help himself because he played with through a torn labrum. And also the fact that like he was, he's also been very inconsistent in part due to an injury that he probably should have sat out for for the rest of the last season. Now, I don't think that I I don't think the Browns trade him right away. I don't think I don't think that they um I don't think a team like will try to trade for him during the draft this week uh anytime later this week. Uh just because like they don't want to take I don't think a team wants to take the risk on trying to get rid of picks that they can have to use to fill holes, even though they know that they need a quarterback. Um, I think that the Browns will try to keep them for as long as they can, mainly just because like the Sean Watson, like was in like whatever, like I, what was it? OTAs or some shit like that's so, like, um, mandatory OTAs or whatever the fuck it was teams were going in for practice like a couple weeks ago but yeah. the league still hasn't like the NFL hasn't done anything yet they have like he like the they have not suspe- like actually come out and said like we're going to suspend Deshaun Watson yet and if they have since they haven't come out and said that yet I'm starting to think all right well, what, like, what are they going to wait until like August and say like, oh yeah, your quarterback suspended six games. I don't think that they'll do that. Part of this is like a hot take. Like I won't say a hot, hot take, but based on what's happening since he hasn't been suspended yet, I don't think he's going to get suspended at all. So maybe well, I think, I think we're going to see an Ezekiel Elliott situation. Do you remember a couple of years ago? Um, when he got, he played like the beginning of the season, then got suspended six games through the middle of the season. And then he appealed that he could still play. And well, then no, that's why. So that's why he missed it. Cause so he appealed. That's why he could still play. And then the courts, like he didn't want to appeal it again. So that's why he just took the six game suspension. And yeah, do you think because- we see something like that with Deshaun, or do you think he would just not, do you think he would just, cause I don't think right now, like I think Deshaun Watson starts the season as the Brown starting quarterback. He's going to start the season as a start, starting quarterback. I don't think he gets suspended at all. I think if he was going to get suspended, the league would have handed down a punishment right away, and it would have and it wouldn't have been a suspension. I think he would have been placed on the commissioner's exempt list, regardless of being charged or not. Because let's be honest, the NFL doesn't give a shit what the legal system does. They don't look at facts or evidence or anything like that. Once somebody gets accused of something. Once somebody gets accused of something or arrested or whatever, there's a good chance that there's a good chance that they suspend them right away. But then again, the NFL also hasn't done anything to Alvin Kamara yet either. And he actually was arrested and his hearing has been continuously postponed until August. 
but that's another topic there and we're and that I don't want to go into but um no back to Baker though like I don't think he gets traded like right away if he gets traded it'll be closer to training camp that way like that that way like his value can be a little bit more worth a little bit more than it is now because I don't think the Browns really care about like acquiring picks I think the Browns may want to actually try to get like a player um, for, uh, like a depth player and maybe picks in like future drafts for him. I don't think they care about like just getting random picks in like in this year's draft, if that makes sense there. No, I agree with you there. I don't think they're worried about this year's draft because this Browns team is good. It's just they have this inconsistent play at quarterback, and I think that's what hurt them. Um, so now them getting an elite quarterback in the NFL is going to help them, and I don't think they're too worried about – getting a pick from a team right now. I think what you said, I think they'll probably either get a player, which I doubt will happen as well. I'm thinking Baker probably will go for like a second and a third of like in next year's draft. If he is traded, that's where I would kind of like, he's, I don't think he's worth the first by any. No, he's not worth the first. If he gets, if they, if the Browns get a second and a third for him, fuck, take that and run. Shit. I'd be like, I think that's what I think his worth would be at because he, as much as he's not a great quarterback, like we've talked about this before, he's a game manager, and like that's more than you can ask for in the that's NFL. That's more than you can season. ask for. And if a team is desperate for a quarterback, they'll just throw anything that they want at a team. Some team exactly. may actually, some team may actually be stupid and give up a first round pick. I don't think anyone's dumb enough to give up a first for Baker, um, but I mean, we've seen crazier before. The Rams gave up their future for Matthew Stafford. I mean, granted that that bank, they uh, granted that gamble worked, but if it didn't, I mean, we'd all be laughing at the Rams, and I would be calling for everybody to get fired. But um, yes, it is in it. It is what it is. There. Um, looking ahead to like our team. Looking ahead to like our teams here, like in the draft. Cause like I touched on like how our teams are like in different like perspectives for the draft this year, my team, the giants being like in rebuild mode. So it's like best play, like a player, a good, a good player in a certain position to like fill holes and like to fill holes. Your, your position as a bills fan is you don't need to fill holes. You can just take a good best player at best available player build on for depth. So how do you think like the Bills like so do you think the Bills will go on that route like yeah. like how like what do you think the Bills exact strategy is going to be here like they what are they, who are they going to take with their pick in round 1 I So think. I know I know a lot of mock drafts have been giving us Brees Hall the running back from Iowa State I don't think the Bills go that route um cuz let's be honest this team in order to keep up with Kansas City we all know like We've seen it. They're more worried about the air attack because right now this is the team that the Bills have to keep up with. So for them, I'm either looking at taking a wide receiver or a cornerback or even um just because of what's going on with Jordan Poyer right now. Like we all know he changed he changed agents and stuff, and he's looking to get paid, which he should because he's been underpaid his whole career. And I don't really see the Bills being able to come next offseason um, being able to meet what Jordan Poyer is going to be wanting because he's probably going to want at least four years. And Jordan Poyer now is like 32 years old, I believe, something like that. And yeah, I, so I'm thinking maybe like 
for me, I think it would be nice to see the Bills possibly I, I this might sound crazy, but go Daxton Hill at safety right now because this because I want either a corner or wide receiver for this team. And right now you can take um Daxton Hill, who is a safety um from Michigan. Um, you could play him at the number two corner spot right now if you wanted to. Um, because I'm pretty sure at some point in college he did play some cornerback. Um, just have him play cornerback for a year until Jordan Poyer leaves. Then you take a kid who played safety, um, mostly throughout college. You drop him back to safety, and he'll then this season he'll get to learn behind Poyer as well. Like keep him in both rooms with the corners and the safeties, and just let him learn. And I think that that's kind of a little crazy. That's kind of out there. Um, but I would like if we're going corner, cause I don't think any of the corners I want to see are dropping that far. Like clearly the ideal corner would probably be <clears throat> um, the kid from LSU. Um, what's his name? Oh, Derek Stingley, but I don't think he'll, he's clear. I, don't, I think he's a top 10 pick. I don't think he's dropping to Buffalo. Um, so I, I would like to see maybe say, Jackson I Hill. Say, I was going to say Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati too, but he's definitely not dropping the 25. Is that, see, if any of those guys dropped the 25, I would say yes. Um, and then I also, think you'd be baffled if that happened. Yeah, yeah, I would as well. And like, clearly, I think, I think two wide receivers I'd be looking at and Jamison Williams will definitely be gone. I just don't know how much that ACL is going to affect him. And then Chris Olave as well from Ohio State. I don't think he makes it all the way down to 25 because there's going to be a lot of receivers going before him. There is kind of a receiver that kind of going under the radar for me and what the Bills need for kind of like a slot corner right now. I would like to see maybe if – because this guy is projected to be a second rounder. I think he might be able to sneak into the first round. That's Sky Moore. Um, he's a slot receiver from Western Michigan. And the Mac, for some reason, always produces good receivers. Um, he's kind of undersized, I mean, but he's a slack corner. He's 5'10", 195. He's kind of like a Cole Beasley would be. And so we could plug him in there. I would like to see that because none of the receivers I really like are dropping that far. And it's not the fact that the Bills really need a receiver. It's more one of these things that's like receivers, when they actually like have to get paid after their four or five years, how many every year they're – if they pick up the fifth-year option, whatever – you're going to have to pay a lot of money for them. Whereas you could get good receivers through the draft, pay them like the cheap money for the four years and then let them test free agency. And then if they're good enough, clearly you could bring them back. But if you don't need to, you can always keep building the receiver position through the draft. Cause as we've seen now for quite some years now that receivers always tend to, uh, if they're in the right situation, always will produce for you. Yeah, no, without a doubt, without a doubt there. I mean, the thing is, though, is like going off the receiver market. I mean, the receiver market has continued to change. But the thing is, though, is like you have seen like the extensions that top receivers in the league have gotten this year alone. And obviously, like that's going to continue to the market is going to continue to change over time as we know this. And it's only going to go up as well. I don't see it going down for the receiver position. no any position like when you really think about it, because there's always going to be one team that's going to be crazy enough to be like oh here you can just have this boatload of money because like we want you to stay on our team so like so the thing is is that like it will always be like that and it's the market will go up the um caps that you the cap will always go up too which 
I don't know how a cap can go up when it's imaginary, but um, uh, but the thing is, though, is no, you have a good point about like how you can build the receiver core through the draft, have them for four or five years, and if they and if you don't want them anymore, you let them test free agency. If they're not like if they're not performing up to your expectations, or like you can let them go, or you can give them that extension to keep them around for a few more years and build the receiving core around them. I mean. The thing is, I mean, the thing is, though, is like we're looking at a ta- we're looking already at a talented group of young wide receivers currently in the league right now, and the market for that, like, you're gonna see a lot of teams like in 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 some sort of like hell, like when it comes to like rookie deals being up for like the for receivers right now. So the thing is, though, is like when you if you draft a receiver from this class four or five years down the road, it's gonna be even worse. So like the thing is so, but but so the thing is though is like, like you said, draft if you want to draft one now, draft one. If they live up to your expectations, all right, so let offer them an extension, or you can let them test free agency if you don't pick up their option after four or five years. But with what your team, it with what your team needs, like I. I can see you guys drafting a wide receiver just because of like the market. I can also see you guys really need a, a, a CB2. I'm also thinking Kyler Gordon as well from Washington as CB2. Yeah, you guys really need a CB2 there. I mean, the thing is, is like, obviously, Levi Wallace is gone. Um, can you really try? Like, I'm not saying Saran Neal is a bad. Like, I'm not saying Saran Neal is like not the answer, but the thing is, though, is like, are you sure that he's the guy to like be opposite Trey White? And when do, we don't even know yet when Trey White is planning on returning. Yeah, nobody. Uh, no, there has been nothing about that. That has been hot. The Bills have done a good job on keeping that like hush hush. I mean, I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure like WGR is like having their like suspicions on like when he can come back and everything. But let's be honest, are they entirely accurate? <laughs> and with how good this team is, and like. Let's be honest, the defense didn't really miss a beat without him last year. If he needs to come back, like, not till November, I would be okay with that. Yeah, no, the defense is good. Then if that if the Bills know that, that he won't be back until, like, November, then it's definitely – see, I think with what we do with the first-round pick on Thursday night, what it shows is if we go cornerback, okay, Trey, Young, Trey White won't be back until mid-season. If we go receiver, they plan on Trey White being back earlier. Yeah, that's, exactly. how, that's how it looks for me, just in that situation. Um, but I, I just like, like I said, I've been seeing that Brees home. I don't want that. Like, I would rather have a corner because, like you said, with Levi Wall, I didn't think Levi Wallace was great, but he did the job. Yeah, now he's in Pittsburgh with the band of misfit, with the other band of misfits that um, Mike Tomlin is building around there, um, uh, with, with, with the Steelers now. And obviously, like I said, I, I, I not, nothing against Saran Neal, but can he really be the guy to be opposite Trey White? And if Trey White doesn't come back until November, like you, like based off the projected timeline of an ACL tear, um, and how soon the Bills want him to come back too? Can is he really? Is he really? Do do the Bills think he's capable to be CB one for a couple of months and for? A couple of months of the season and by a couple of months i mean well that's practically almost half the season there like can also, that- we don't have saran neal anymore by the or 
We do, but I think Dane Jackson and Teron Johnson are more of the starters than Saran is this year. Yeah, yeah that's what I was – yeah, no, you make a good point there for, about that because, like, hmm. I always, I don't know. I always look at the depth chart. I feel like I always saw. I, I look at. I was looking at the depth chart. I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, no. Can Serenio be like number one? Like, can he be number two? Because my thought process there is like, yeah, you've got Dane Jackson and Taron Johnson, and like they can like right now. Obviously, like they're also like depth guys. So like, I guess it all depends on like what what Bean and McDermott and the staff like what they were what who who they can trust and who they can rely on. I guess overall. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, like I said, I trust his defense. So like whatever they do, like I'm going to, I'm fine with the pick because picking 25 shows you're a good team that don't need much. Like you don't have any like big holes you genuinely need to fill. Yeah. Unlike a team that's picking at like five and se- five. Yeah, so it's like, whatever they do, as long as it's not a running back, I will be happy. If we pick Brees Hall and I will be pissed off, but if he does good in the season, I will go back and eat my words and apologize for it. But I don't is get the point. What, of, I don't get the point of picking a running back when we barely run the ball. Isn't that what? Isn't that? Um, uh, isn't that? Isn't that what? Um, uh, isn't that what some some fans do? Anyways, they they hate the pick. They hate the pick, and then they realize that's like, oh wait, you don't actually suck. I'm sorry. Go right, ahead. Like and, when we drafted Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody was like, "What the fuck? Who the fuck is this guy?" But hey, well worked out worked out for you worked out for you guys there. It's working out for you guys there. But yeah, no, going to in the opposite direction. My team has the fifth pick. My team they they have the seventh pick too. It's gonna be an offensive tackle. It's gonna be an edge rusher, in my opinion. I mean the consensus. I mean the consensus there is most likely gonna be either Evan Neal, um, for from Alabama or Akeem Aquanu, uh, from uh, NC State. Which would be the offensive tackle that they that they drafted either five or seven. Now the thing is though is like when it comes to the edge rusher that they that they draft, the pro like this is like where it gets interesting. Like they could eat like a lot of the consensus is that they will take Trayvon Walker from Georgia with the seventh pick, but for but then there are also a couple other mock drafts that somehow have Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon dropping to number five. At with the Giants, so if they somehow have Kayvon Thibodeau available at five, then I mean, hey, I'll be okay with that because I thought he was a great. Again, I would be okay with either Walker or Thibodeau. They were both great edge rushers uh, for their respective programs. When it comes to the offensive line, that's where I'm more skeptical because when it when it when it comes to working on the offensive line. The moves tend to be a complete and other fucking failure. And it's just like, all right, we have a new regime, though. Again, we're rebuilding again. It has been a um, it's a diff, it's it's tech. It's a new era. Um, so my thought process on all of this is let's just see, like, what happens in this draft, like with with the fifth pick, with the seventh pick. Um and I'll be. And the thing is, though, is like if I don't like the pick, yeah, I'll bitch and moan about it. But if, if it turns out to be a great move, then yeah, I'll eat my words and I'll be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I was wrong about you. Um, when it comes to later rounds in the draft, I don't know like what they're going. I honestly don't know like what anybody what they're going to do because let's be honest, like nobody really talks about like what a team will do in rounds two through seven until those days of the draft actually come. So. 
but looking at it, I again, I think it's just a matter of like filling holes that they need. I mean, they do need like we need like there we do need to fill holes on defense, especially uh, in the front seven and in the secondary. We need to fill holes on the offensive line. Um, I don't know, maybe. May, maybe draft a wide receiver, maybe draft like a low round wide receiver because like our receiving core has been fucking terrible. I know that there was talks that they want to trade. There was rumor mills flying around today that the Giants wanted to trade Darius Slayton and that just came kind of came out of nowhere. Do they draft or do they want to draft or do they want to draft a running back? I mean, I don't like I again, I don't know what they want to do exactly. Like what Shane and uh, Dabble want to do, but hey, I'll just see like what happens. If I like the moves, I like the moves on paper. If I don't, I'll bitch and moan. And if I'm wrong about bitching and moaning, I'll make uh, I'll I'll say my piece. Yeah, I mean, I I uh, so going back to the Kayvon Thibodeau, I don't think he drops to you guys. Um, I would say he's probably top three pick, but what do I know? I'm an idiot. Um, well, I mean, the thing is, though, is like you have like. Uh, don't say I'm not gonna say you're an idiot, but like the thing is though is like some of the organizations that are ahead of the Giants at five are dysfunctional organizations. I mean, they have the Texans and the Jets drafting with the, the third and fourth picks, and the Texans obviously, the Texans are probably the most dysfunctional organization in the NFL. The Texans need to draft a coach. Can they draft an owner? Is it possible for a team to draft an owner? I think. They then might, again, that, they, then again, if that was actually they should just try to draft Alabama and replace Alabama in the NFL with Houston. You mean replace Houston in the NFL with Alabama? Yeah, yeah. I got your point there. No, I mean, if drafting an owner was actually allowed, though, I'm pretty sure fan bases would have been calling for that to happen for like years for certain teams. I, I mean, don't take, I mean, and the thing is, though, is like, both of our teams like would have been being would have been called to draft new owners at some point. I mean, don't, like during the drought years, I'm pretty sure like fans would have been like, "Ralph, get the get rid of the fucking te- get rid of the fucking team if you're not going to do anything." And me as a Giants fan right now, it's like Mara Tish, get get your fucking shit together or get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you. Um, <laughs> you guys are kind of like in a I last year I thought you guys were going to be better than what you were. Um, to be honest, I kind of expected more from you guys. Oh, so I, I don't know like where you guys go with this draft. Um, because like you said, I mean, you're clearly not going to draft the quarterbacks. You have Daniel Jones, and then you have Tyron now as a back, who I think is probably one of the more competent backups in the league now. I mean, he's proven. Yeah, um, let's, let's just I, hope that and, nobody stabs him in the lung like they did at the in uh at the Chargers. <laughs> And let's be, we've seen what Dayball did with Josh Allen, so maybe he might be able to turn things around with Daniel Jones for you guys, and you might not be as far away from winning the NFC East as you think. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that's what I was just going to say. Like, we, the Giant, like, my, like, I call myself a fortunate fan in a way because, like, the NFC is obviously the much weaker conference between the two. The Giants, like, on pay like on paper like after the draft like who knows like what's good like what the squad like what the squad and the depth will look like on paper but the thing is though is like the NFC East and the NFC as an overall conference like outside of like two or three te- like outside of like two teams 
the whole conference is wide open for the most part. Like, so, so there is, so there can be a small chance that like, Hey, maybe like if everything goes well, like, and better than expected, maybe there's a good chance that the giants could find a way to squeeze and squeak in and like, a wild card spot potentially, especially with how, especially with how other teams in the NFC are, because let's be honest, like we've talked about this time and time again, there's only like two, three teams that are like, are actually like fate, like actually like relevant in that conference, like on a consistent basis. And then everybody else is just a fucking crapshoot. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So again, like we'll just see like what happens there with my team. I'll see what happens with the draft. I mean, I'm like you. I'll watch the first round because like the first round's always interesting. Although it does not need to be three hours. They literally can like they literally can condense it to like two hours and I will be fine with that. I'm sick and tired of like tuning in at eight o'clock and then the next thing I know, round one concludes at like midnight and it's like, um, I need to go to bed. Why is this taking so long? Yes, yes. Should they make a big spe- spectacle out of it? I mean, aren't the players going out on boats again to the podium? Oh, let's, they may be. They don't need to do that. That's, that is, fuck, that is so stupid. I mean, I mean, even the virtual draft in 20, even the virtual draft in 2020, it was like, it was still long. And Goodell was like calling the game, call, announcing the picks from his basement in his fucking house on his chair. Yeah, uh, that was weird. No, what was weird was last year, like when they brought the chair from his basement into the like, uh, like to Cleveland, and fans were sitting in it. I'm like, why is this a thing? The chair's in the Hall of Fame now, for whatever reason. A chair's in the Hall of Jesus Christ. I get. Well, then again, the Baseball Hall of Fame. The then again, the Baseball Hall of Fame has a stuffed cow, so I guess anything can go in. <laughs> no, I, I'm. No, I, I'm serious. Like when you walk into the Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum in Cooperstown, like the very first thing at the front, like after like you pay like for your ticket and everything, as soon as like you walk into the exhibits, like it is a stuffed cow that was once owned by Phil Rizzuto. Like a uh, a stuffed cow that was once owned by Phil Rizzuto. Obviously, he didn't own the cow that like when it was he didn't stuff the cow like when he owned it. The cow was alive, but. It was a it was a mock gift given to him by the Yankees because of a because of his catchphrase "Holy cow," and he owned the cow until like it died, and then after it died, like they stuffed it. Like I don't know who the fuck stuffed it, but they decided to have it stuffed and put it into a baseball Hall of Fame all of a sudden for God knows whatever fucking reason. All right, well, I guess if I ever go back to Canton again, I get to see a rocking chair. Huh. All right. Well, I didn't know that. You learn something new every day. Um, but yeah, you'll get to see Goodell's ugly ass chair when you go to Canton. So that's fun. If I yeah, if I go back again. Oh, I've never been. I've never been. I went last year. I've only been to the Hockey Hall of Fame and the NBA Hall of Fame. I've never been to those two. So we're flip flopped. <laughs> yes, we are. I need to go. Nobody I know likes. I, I don't really know a lot of people. Like, well, I mean, let's be honest. I don't know a lot of people that like basketball. So, I, I like that's a thing like to do, but that's a thing to do with like somebody else. Um, uh, I've never been to hockey. I, I want to go to the hockey hall of fame. I hockey always, hall of fame. I love the hockey hall of fame. I always think to myself, like, what well, would be a good like weekend, like a good like couple days up there, like in Toronto, like 
go see a Blue Jays game like on a Saturday, like one day, and then go to the Hockey Hall of Fame like the next, that and like stay overnight and stay overnight so like stay overnight somewhere, and then after like in between. But I feel like that would always be like a good trip there. That's exactly what I did. Actually, I took like a weekend trip. I saw a Blue Jays game the one time that I went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. I went for the World the World Cup of Hockey. Went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. I think I've been to the Hockey Hall of Fame like four or five times. Um, I would say I would go with you this year, but I would have to commit something that rhymes with Rod. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I know. No, the border situation still kind of annoy, still kind still kind of annoys me. I mean, hey, I mean, like I don't have to worry about anything like that, but it's just more along the lines of like I think it should just be open. But that's another conversation that I will. That's a conversation that I don't want to have because <laughs> it frustrates the shit out of me. Um, but. Speaking of basketball and hockey, we will transition now over from football to uh, we'll transition over to we'll transition over to basketball. We're going to bullshit our way through some basketball right now because the NBA playoffs have begun. Um, It's that time of the year where uh, spring is here. The NBA playoffs are in full swing. And the NHL playoffs will begin soon, too. And next thing you know, I'll be bitching and moaning about how basketball and hockey should not be played in June. But um, the NBA playoffs are go uh, are happening right now. Um, uh, all almost all of the first round series uh, series are still continuing, except for one. The Boston Celtics completed a four game sweep of the uh, shitty Brooklyn Nets um, last night. Uh, even though the refs and the NBA probably wanted the net and and the networks probably wanted the Nets to win Game Four so that they uh, could uh, get some more revenue in for the league and also have something to talk about. Well, uh, this is the best first-round matchup that everyone – I even me not following basketball intensely thought this series was going to be going seven. Well – Because let's be honest, the Nets weren't a true seven seed. I think they were better, but, I mean, now I get, we get, got to see why they were a seven seed. Oh, I thought the Nets were horrible all season. This I mean, team doesn't play defense. They have – Two of the best players in the world on the team. I know Kyrie only got to play in like half the games or whatever because that whole COVID vaccine situation, everything. But I think it's finally like safe to say that Kevin Durant should not be like in the all-time like great conversation. I mean, he hasn't won a championship without Curry. Um, he has been knocked out of the first round the last two years now. I mean, and he hasn't like I said, he hasn't won a championship without Curry. Well, no, you're, you're not going to test both those to Curry, and so it's like you can't be in the all-time great conversation with Jordan and LeBron when you can't win a championship by yourself. No, yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, the thing is, is that like Kevin Durant is first off, Kevin Durant's a fucking big baby. I mean, he can't take criticism for shit, and Kyrie Irving is the worst teammate in all of professional sports, and that includes, and that that includes European soccer, cricket, whatever the hell you want to name it. I mean, the, the, this is why I don't actually follow or watch the NBA on a regular basis. And it's because of the networks The the networks like hyped up the Brooklyn Nets from day, from day one, like of the off season, like last season after the Bucks won in 2021, but the thing, and then like, because it's like, oh, they've got Kyrie, they've got Kevin Durant. They still had Harden at the time. And it's like, all right, well, Harden looks like he doesn't want to be there. Durant is injury. Durant's injured. And Kyrie Irving uh, isn't vaccinated and is on this crusade 
uh, and is on this personal crusade about me, 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 and doesn't really care to play basketball. And then they trade Harden for Ben for Ben Simmons, a guy who hasn't played basketball in, in soon to be in over a year now. Actually, no, soon to be a year in June. Um, Kyrie Irving only played half the games uh, because uh, be, uh, half the games for most of the season. Well, actually, he didn't play for like the first like month and a half of the season because the Nets said they weren't going to have him be a part time player. And then. Then they decide to make him be a part-time player because they had no depth at point guard whatsoever because they let Spencer Dinwiddie go in free agency and they also had injuries. So they gave into so they gave into that. And then he still couldn't go into Canada because of the whole border situation. So he couldn't play against Toronto. And then there was the whole New York City like that then there was the whole like, oh, New York City like vaccine mandate thing that everybody was bitching and moaning about. Uh, because like, oh, if Kyrie can't play, like what do the Nets do? But well, but and play at home, then that finally gets lifted and he only plays at home for like what about like two th- about a month of the season for home games, and that's not very much. And then come playoff time, it's like, oh, they're a seventh seed and they make the play in, and then it's like, well, if they win the play in, I don't see them winning a first round series, and they saw uh, like I I didn't think that they were going to beat the Celtics regardless. I, a sweep, yeah, it came as a shock to me. I thought the I thought the Celtics would have lost. I was lost. I think the Celtics would have won in five or six. I didn't think it was going to go a go to a seven game series because I thought the Nets were overrated, and they just lacked the chemistry of an of a basketball team and weren't and weren't performing fundamental basketball. Um, which was the basics of like how to actual the basic fundamentals, I should say. So it's just a matter of like the Nets just had so much shit going on. They were completely dysfunctional, but yet somehow they were the talk of the town like every day of the week. Them and the bum ass fucking team from Southern California that didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into that whole Kyrie situation that I'm playing the whole year because I mean. I just, I, I just want to get into that. It's whatever. But I, it does just show, I think Jason Tatum has just proved himself in this series that people didn't think this already, that he is one of the top five players in this league, which is how he played in this series. Jason Tatum is a top five player in the league, like when he is on his game. You're not wrong about that. I mean, the Celtics overall, like, have been, like, one of the best, have been, in my opinion, the Celtics have been the best team in the league since since they turned everything around in January. They were, they were terrible to start the season. And then January came around, and then next thing you know, they, like, they go on a win streak. Uh, they they, and they play a- great defense. This team plays yeah. great, great defense. That's oh, not great. a thing you see in the NBA a whole lot. Yeah, great team defense, and they also have the defensive player of the year on their team, and Marcus Smart too. Uh, first time a point guard, a first time a guard has won defensive player of the year since Gary Payton did in 1996, by the way. But look, uh, steering away from that, I mean, hey, kudos to the Celtics. I mean, they just bullied the shit out of Kevin Durant um, and Kyrie Irving, and just the Nets a, a, as a whole. The Nets got outplayed and outcoached. And the Celtics are moving on to a potential series against the Milwaukee Bucks, most likely, since they have a three-to-one series lead over on uh, over the Chicago Bulls. But I mean, 
a couple a couple of series that are surprising me right now are the Pelicans, who are two two against the Suns, and the Raptors have come back to life surprisingly and have made it a three two series uh, deficit against the Philadelphia 76ers, even though the Sixers started out with a three zero series lead. Yeah, I mean this. Ser- this has been a series I haven't been paying. I mean, but you also have to look into how much is Embiid's injury going to affect him now? Because let's be honest, James Harden is. I don't think he wants to win or even be in Philly anymore. Uh, um, he just disappears during the playoffs. Like, yeah, and Embiid. Now you look at your best players injured, and now you kind of have to look at it. It's like, well, what's going to happen now with this? Because. You as much as he's gonna say he's fine, and he still put up twenty last night. What is it? A right ligament in his thumb or something that hurts to play with. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, no, you're not wrong there. I don't think. Yeah, honestly, the Sixers are in trouble. One hundred percent agree. With the regardless of injury or not, I mean, the Sixers are good. The Sixers are actually going to lose this series. I'm, I'm a hundred, you know, you know, I, and you know, if the, if I turn out to be wrong here, which I am sometimes, I won't care. The Sixers are going to lose this series. And the only reason why I say that is because not only they're going into Toronto where they have a couple players that can't play because they're not vaccinated and they're going into a place that it's going to be a madhouse in Toronto. This is a team that was that this was a team that was 3-0 down. Now they made it three. They won game four. They won game five. It's now three two. They're going into game six at home with all the momentum. They're gonna have the crowd. They're gonna have the crowd on their side, and they have and Scotty Barnes, who is not who's the rookie of the year this season, has just been showing like why he's been rookie of the year. And they also have. The whole team, they're just playing great basketball as a team compared to the 76ers as of right now, who are just being outcoached and outplayed. And once again, a Doc Rivers led team somehow finding a way to fuck it up. And everybody tells me how Doc Rivers is a great coach, and he's not. He's an overrated coach. He's a he's probably the most overrated coach in NBA history, in my opinion. Um, but the thing and if the Sixers somehow – and if the, when the Sixers collapse and be, be the first team in NBA history to blow a 3-0 lead in the playoffs and lose a series after being up three games to nothing, he, he, he's got to go. He, he will have to go, in my opinion. I don't give a shit because that's just terrible coaching. And then, of course, you're go, and if, then of course everybody's going to question about James Harden. And this is one thing that I like, again, another reason why I don't follow the NBA, because everybody will just come up with these terrible storylines about like what players are going to do and like where they want to go, because player transactions are in the NBA are like ATM transactions in a bank. And it, and it's ridiculous. But what is these players think they hold all this power over these teams nowadays. It's like, a lot of these players in the NBA is the reason I don't like it. They think they're bigger than the team. Whereas you look at hockey players, not one single player is bigger than the team. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. I wholeheartedly, I wholeheartedly agree with you. That's why I don't watch the NBA either. I mean, like I said, player transactions in the NBA are like ATM transactions at a bank. You go to the ATM, you can take out however much money you want. Um, player transactions like in the NBA trades, free agency, whatever, like they happen so ridiculous. Like it, it, it happens like ridiculous, a ridiculous amount. Um, but no, like I think that the, I, the Sixers are done. They're in trouble. They're losing the series, and I'm calling it now. They're going to do that. They're going to fire Doc Rivers, and everybody's going to bitch and moan about James Harden and how he didn't show up in this series, and then they're going to question whether or not he's actually a great player, which I think he's a great player in the regular season, but when it comes time for the playoffs, he's a complete another fucking choke artist and a fraud. And I'll just laugh at the, and I'll just laugh at Phil, and I'll just laugh at Philly sport at, at Philadelphia as a sports town. Uh, with uh, uh, again, like I do for the most part, but it, but that's where I stand on that series. Um, I think the Warriors are going to close out the Nuggets. Um, I agree. The Heat, uh, the the Bucks are going to close out the Bulls. The Pelicans and Suns series like definitely intrigues me since it's two since it's two two especially since Devin Booker hasn't been playing because of his hamstring injury. Um, this is a conversation that nobody like really expected to be having. Like when you're talking about like a one V eight matchup, especially since the Pelicans like are four, like they were the 10 seed technically um, 14 games under 500, but they made it out of the play in and everybody was like, Oh, it's the Pel Like the, the Suns are the best team in the NBA record wise. They've got, They've got great player, great. They've got a great starting five. They got a great depth. Like but then, Devin Booker goes and gets hurt. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is even without Devin Booker, like you think, like they still got Chris Paul. Like they've got great depth players. Like you think that they would close out the Pelicans. Like and I still think they still will. I think they will too. I do think they will too. I will be shocked if the Pelicans win this series. But then again, everybody else will be shocked as well. Um, so that's, so it is what it is there. I know the Mavs won last night. They won game, they won game five last night against the Jazz. I think the Mavs will get that series. I think the Mavs will get that done. They'll close out the Jazz in game six. And then the Heat. Oh, fuck. I'm drawing a blank on who Miami's playing. Fuck me. I was just watching the game too. Um, uh, the Hawks. The Hawks. Heat should close out the Hawks. They've been playing stifling defense on Trey Young, and Trey Young has looked like a and Trey Young looks like uh, the, the like the hot like. I think the Heat will beat the hot. Will will take will go pa- get past the. I Hawks. think they'll close them out tonight. Yeah, I think they'll close them. Uh, yeah, if they are if they're not if they already haven't already yet. Because the game should almost. Oh yeah, they probably probably did close it out already. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Miami won by three. Yeah, but that's a three-two series lead, right? Uh, no, that they're up three games to one. Oh, and now they just closed them out, winning four-one. Oh, good stuff there. Yeah, so Miami closed out. All right. Well, Miami will then end up playing. Um, I'm missing a series in the East. Motherfucker. So you got Boston. Boston should play Milwaukee. Then you got Milwaukee, Chicago, and 76ers, Toronto. Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't miss a series. Yeah, no, Miami will play Toronto in the the East semis. 
that's my prediction there. Toronto comes back and wins in seven. Uh, that's right. Yeah, no. So looking at the East, like looking at the East, like the like those should be two pretty entertaining series in my opinion. Like if they if the, if they pan out how I'm predicting them in the West, the Suns should beat the Pelicans. The Warriors will close out the Nuggets. The Mavs will close out the Jazz, and then the other fuck. I said what? Uh, Suns Pelicans. Suns the Suns Warriors, Mavs. Ah, oh, God, I'm trying to blank. Uh, be the Grizzlies, Timberwolves. Grizzlies, Timberwolves. That's an entertain. That's been a low key entertaining series just because of how they've been playing against each other. I got. I can't see. I know they're playing like right. I know they're playing like right now while we're recording. Who's actually winning that game? Um. That series is right too- now. It, uh, Minnesota is up ninety-seven, eighty-eight, with about seven minutes left in the fourth. And that, yeah, and that series is two-two. Wow, Minnesota, two, two, go, yes. Minnesota could go up two-three-two. Shit, that will be something if the if the T Wolves do that there. Oh well, I had a futures bet like placed like back in January, back in like Jan- January, like when mobile betting like became a thing for the Warriors to win it all. So, I think they can. I think right now they're probably going to be the team coming out of the West with how hot they are. I don't I, see the Suns. I mean, the Suns right now are struggling without without Devin Booker. So yeah, I, if I they lose Golden to the State, Pelicans, then everything gets like wide open after that. Mm-hmm. Golden State's looking like they did back in 2017, 2016 when they won the first title. I think the finals is going to be Warriors-Celtics in my opinion. I can I see think, that. I think like Milwaukee, Milwaukee's a good Milwaukee's a good team. They don't have Chris Middleton though because of a sprained MCL. Don't know when he's gonna come back. Um the Heat won without Jimmy Butler tonight. Um but the thing is though, is like Miami's Miami's a good team, but the thing is though, I, I just think with this how stifling the Celtics defense is, they've been the best team in the NBA since January, in my opinion. Like I, I, I don't care that like what the record shows compared to like other teams, but like since the new year, the Celtics have been the best team like with 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 Jason Tatum, with Jalen Brown, with Marcus Smart, uh, with um, Robert Williams as well. They've been a great defensive team, um, and they're just finding fu- finding ways to win with fundamental basketball. And I'm not saying the Celtics will win the title. I mean, obviously, like we'll bullshit our way through. We'll bullshit our way and take a look more as like the playoffs go on. But like, I think my prediction right now is Celtics Warriors for the finals, based on how things are going. Right, based on how things have been going, like at the end of the regular season, and how things are going right now in these play- first round series. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna put that. I, I for sure think Golden State's coming out of the West. They'll be in the NBA Finals. I feel that. But I don't know really. I, I would probably have to say Celtics coming out of the East, um, unless it'd probably be Heat Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, uh, I'd be okay with that. I mean, hey, I'd be okay with that. I, that's Conference Finals is like I, I I've been watching like here and there like games like when I want to. Obviously, like I'm not staying up until like midnight, like. Like I used to, because like I've got to get up for work and shit. But I've been following along as much as I want to, and 
like I said, I was with, with so many games and everything. Like I said, I drew a fucking brain fart on it completely on one whole series in the Western Conference because it's teams that like, and it's teams that like you don't expect to be there because like the West is so weak. The West is like weak compared to the East. But nah, Celtics Warriors is like where I can see like the, that can be a finals appearance there, and I'd be okay. And I would be okay with that. I think I. I think neutral basketball fans in general would be okay with that fi- with that final matchup, but as mentioned, like we can like bullshit our way and take a look as things go on before, like because it's gonna be like playoff basketball, just like playoff hockey. Like it goes until June, and I'm just gonna bitch and moan and be like, "It's June. Why are you still a thing?" <laughs> See, I don't mind hockey because I enjoy watching hockey. I enjoy watching both for the most part, but. I just get like hockey then basketball out like once baseball starts. Oh, see, not me. Like I'll start watching, getting into heavy into baseball once hockey's over. But yeah. until then, like I'm very much invested in hockey just because like that's my favorite sport. Oh yeah, no, that's understandable. And we'll transition over to hockey now because like the NHL playoffs will start like in first week. The NHL playoffs will finally start uh, May second. May second. And regular season is coming to an end. The Eastern Conference, for the most part, is already set up and set already. Every team, every team in the East has over a hundred points. But the Western Conference, though, like there are teams still vying for playoff positions. Uh, like everybody's favorite uh, center, Jack Eichel, and his gold, Vegas Golden Knights, they're on the outside looking in right now. And it could be statistically eliminated tonight because they're playing Dallas. Yeah, and. Vegas what? needs has three games left in the season. Well, two and a half, including tonight. Vegas needs to win out to make playoffs, um, and they would need Dallas to drop one more. Um, Vancouver is not eliminated yet, but Vancouver is way outside looking, and they need to win out. And they need Dallas to drop three games. I believe it is. They need Dallas to lose their last three coming in. So they're basically. I'm wiping them out. If Vegas loses tonight, they're basically out. Now it's the fact that like where teams are going to be seeding in the West, um, in the East, I think, yeah, in the East you have Tampa, Toronto. I believe that's already a series that is locked in. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Um, should be a, should be a good series. Yeah, it could be possibly. Would it be, bot? Would it be Boston? Boston, Boston could still somehow find their way to play the Maple Leafs, um, but it all depends on how if that finishes out the season with two If games that does left. happen, we chalk it up as an L for the Maple Leafs once again. Well, I think the Maple Leafs are screwed either way with either team they play, but clearly we'll probably have a podcast come out before the NHL playoffs are, um, and we'll pick, give our picks for the teams. Because right now there's a couple things that could still happen. Like we don't know who Florida's going to play. Um, yeah. Carolina finally tonight not uh, locked in their number one spot in the Metropolitan, so they're for sure the one seed there. Now it's just a matter of fact for them who they're going to play. It could be either Washington or it could be Tampa, but or it all possibly on, like, Boston. I don't. It all depends on like the re- how how the end of the regular season goes and everything. Yeah. I forgot that the Kings actually clinched the playoff spot. Oh, wait. So I think, I do think New York. So New York and uh, Pittsburgh are for sure locked in as a uh, matchup, I believe. That well. will be an entertaining be a great matchup. 
that would be a great matchup to watch. I will enjoy watching that series. Especially with uh, Shesterkin waving off Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago after they beat them. (laughs) Hey, I still have the Penguins as my dark horse, and I think that they can make a run to the uh, conference finals at least. I just want to see how how this ends up lining up since the playoffs aren't for sure done yet. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. I don't really know how... Well, it's I don't crazy. know. I just hate having to wait till like the end of the season because like we know who's going to be in playoffs coming out of the East. Now it's just a matter of fact of who's going to be playing who, which I hate having to wait for. Yeah, and and it's and, and the West isn't locked up completely yet either. I mean, right now we're just like on Vegas. Right now, like we're on Vegas watch right now, kind of laughing at how they may not even make the playoffs with their star hundred million dollar roster. And all their cheat and all their cheating of LTIR and all that shit. Well, um, let's be honest. Whoever has to play Colorado is going to get swept. If it's Dallas, like I'm not I'm saying anything. I'm not saying anything. I I I said that about Colorado last season, and uh, well, we know what happened. Well, yeah, but I don't think this Dallas team is a good team by any means, or this Vegas team, especially with Vegas goaltending situation right now. Um. But, I mean, Vegas is up 2-1 to one right now in Dallas, but they still need to win out in their finals. Would be two games after this. So, I just really hope they lose tonight so we can just knock them out of the playoff race. It would be a beautiful thing to see. And we can get another – and us as Sabres fans will laugh our ass off all the way to the bank because we will get another draft pick. Right. I think this Vegas team is becoming the most hated team in the NHL, to be honest. Well, I mean, when you really think about Vegas, I mean, like, they – I think me personally, I've hated Vegas. I've hated Vegas since not exactly since day one, but I've hated Vegas kind of since like year one because like they like I'm not criticizing their strategy. Actually, I will criticize their strategy, but not like how they started. How they started was it was like a bunch of like guys that like one. Let's be honest, like nobody like really heard of, and they made their way to the Cup final, and that's like how I I kind of started to hate them because it's like, well, fuck this team, expansion team making the fucking Cup final, and I haven't, and me as a Sabres fan, like it's been, <laughs> and they've only made the Stanley Cup final twice in the history of their or in the history of their organization, and they haven't come close since two thousand and seven, but. That's me being an angry Sabres fan there. But after that, like, they've made the playoffs every year except for potentially this year. They have bought a lot. They've bought a lot of players. They've traded away. They've traded away all their – they've traded away their top draft picks all the time. Um, And they – and like Tampa, like last season. And, again, it's nothing illegal, but – like placing like a lot, placing like top players like with huge contracts on LTIR. Um, for those that don't know what that is, that's long term injured reserve, um, which clears up like cap space issues, which allowed them to like actually put Jack Eichel on the ice there. And then everybody comes back, and I'm just like, you know what? Fuck these assholes. I can't stand them. I can't stand Eichel's a fucking bitch. I can't stand, I can't stand them. Um, my favorite memory of the Vegas Golden Knights was when they blew, uh, was when they blew a three to one lead um, in the 2019 playoffs. And, no, yeah, they blew a, they blew a, they blew a four to one lead in the game, 
and they and they blew a three to one. I think it was a three to one series lead against the San Jose Sharks. If you remember that, mm. do you remember that game seven? They were up like four to one, and then Mark Stone got called for that penalty. And yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes. Five minute major. Logan Couture scored like the first one, and it was like, all right, let's go. I yes, I do remember that. He scored two in that power play. Mm-hmm. That was that. That was great. I stay. I remember that, that was I, last year. No, right? no, that was that was 2019. No, the are you sure? That was 2019, my guy. I remember. Dude, I, I could have swore that. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I remember. Yeah, that's right. Wow. I remember that night. That was like I like. I remember Twitter hockey Twitter erupted that night. I stayed up until like 2 a.m. that night. I had a 9 a.m. class. I went to my I went to my 9 a.m. class. I still remember that. I still remember the day after. Like I actually had like plans to go to like go off campus to actually go get lunch with a to go get lunch with a girl. And I was actually so exhausted from like the last <laughs> little flex there. Huh? <laughs> I said little flex there. Well, I don't talk to this girl anymore, <laughs> but shit. Um, those that those that listen to the podcast may know who I'm talking about. Um, uh, but I actually thought about like texting her and like can't and like rescheduling because I because I was exhausted. Like I was slept until two a. I didn't sleep until two a.m. I woke up at like seven because like my brain was just like woke me up and I had a 9 a.m. class and my 9 a.m. class was boring. I was falling asleep in the class. We didn't do anything anyways. And I'm just like, fuck. And then, <laughs> but no, cause the girl, like what I remember about that, like going to lunch with her, I still did. Like we were talking about like the games, like the night before. And she was talking to me about the earlier game. And I think it was like Boston or somebody like that. And she uh, it was Boston or somebody like that. And I said, well, did you see the later game after that? So, like the Sharks game. And she was like, and she was like, no, what happened? Like, and she's like, did Vegas win? And I said, and I just pulled out my phone and I just showed her the highlights of the penalty. And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, for that, damn, I can't. I, I can't believe that was already back in 2019. But I also do want to apologize for people listening. There is another series. There's one series for sure locked up as well. It's Minnesota playing St. Louis. Oh, let's go, and Minnesota. That will be a. I feel bad for the two fan bases of these teams because these two teams should be teams if. They went back to the regular, just one through eight in the Western Conference. Could probably meet each other like in the Western Conference Finals, barring Colorado. Clearly, yeah. these two teams are just powerhouses. And oh yeah, no. I big- this is going to be. I can't wait to watch this series. I'll be watching every game and every minute of this series. Oh, I will be watching every game and every minute of this of the playoffs as much as I can too. Um, in general, but the thing is, there is like going back. That's one thing I wanted to bring up. I'm still not a fan of playoff seeding. Batman, you need to change it. Not you need to change it. Like I'm going to go back to one through eight. Yes, I agree with there. I hate like one, two, three, and then like wild card one, and then like one, two, three wild card. I, mean, I don't. I don't want to play in game either. Don't. I. Do, I don't. I do not want the NHL to go to a play in game for a money grab. 
What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? The same. Exactly, the you know exactly what I mean. I know that I'm fucking around. I can't. I, I, I'm fucking around. I hate playing games for money grabs. I bitch and moan. I bitch and moan about the playing game for the for the NBA playoffs. It's not needed. The Pelicans were fucking 12, 14 games under five hundred. What do you mean that they that they're in the fucking playoffs now? Get the fuck out. I don't care that you're two two against the Suns. You fuckheads. Bye. No, right. I, I hate a play in just for a money grab. Imagine if baseball did that. I would lose my shit even more. Actually, they yeah, already kind of they 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 do it with, yeah, they they do with the, the wild card, wild card game. card yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball I was going to say, that's been there, buddy. It's just not called a playing game. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, fuck. And then they expanded playoffs for more money grab. Oh, God. I, <laughs> but, yeah, no, but, I, I was but just, yeah, I was... I think that would be so soon because you would now have the Pittsburgh, because let's see, the sixth seed would probably be the Pittsburgh Penguins having to go play the fucking New York Islanders or Columbus Blue Jackets, who are 20 points below they are. But I also <laughs> do think the NHL needs to go to like a uh, 3 2 1 point, like, like a 3 2 1 point system. Yeah, I mean, yeah, three points, three points for, for a win, for, two points for, for an four. overtime win, one point for an overtime loss. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that there. I'm okay with that. Because you have teams coming down at the end of the season where it's like, you know, I'm only going to get two points. Like, I'm three points behind you. Like, clearly it would change. Like, it would change it up because other teams get three points as well and stuff. But at the end of the season, I'm only getting two points for a win. Like, if I just, like, going into the last game of the season, say one team had 104, I had 101. If they lose, I still have no chance to make playoffs. I, I like the 3-2-1 system. I I hate that they went to the two point system because they wanted to keep they wanted to try to keep the worst teams closer, but clearly that hasn't helped either. So just go back to the three two one point system. Yeah, I mean that that's just down on that's just down to leadership like in league management. And while we you and I both know you you know like where I stand about how Gary Bettman is my uh least friend commissioner out of all of them. Then again, I think all the commissioners suck for the most part. I mean, I, I don't think we've talked good about one commissioner ever. Uh, no, we've never talked about one good leadership group. And that includes the Premier League. I think that uh, Premier League hierarchy sucks as well. But it's all everything's a money grab there. Uh, my, my, my opinion has always been like, I think that they should need I, – I think that they would need to – do like I want them to do like league realignment, like instead of like conferences and divisions. Uh, and I may sound crazy with this, but like one to 30 or one to 32, depending on how many like teams are in each league, and top 12 teams, top 12 teams make the play. Like, so why don't you just go one through 16 in the playoffs then? Well, that's why I said like one through 12. Like one through thirty for standings, top twelve make the playoffs. I, I still like the sixteen team playoff, but okay. I don't. Uh, I wouldn't like that. I mean, it would. They were talking about that on Spin Chicklets like at this point, but I mean, I don't. I, like they it. were talking about that on Chick, Spin Chicklets today. I think Ryan Whitney brought that up. The going just one through sixteen for the playoffs. I don't like that because, like, say then we like, what if we got like? I get you could probably just do a like a. A three-two-two, or let's see, hang on, like a, it'll probably have to be like a three, a three-three-one series, like because like you could probably get like a, like if you got the New York Rangers having to go play like the Kings, 
Like that's a long road trip. Then you would have to, probably have to do three, three, and then one. And I just don't like that. I think they should keep it like east and west. Just go back to the one through one through eight. Yeah, I mean, me, I mean, my thought pro, I see where you're coming from. But the thing is, though, is like, I don't know. I kind of like am intrigued at like the, uh, I've always been intrigued of like, you know, if league realignment was like that, like how many teams like east and west of the Mississippi Lake would make the playoffs? Well, then I, you would also have to, you would also have to change up the schedule completely because. Now you would have to have, like, say, like the Sabres going out to play L.A. like two to three times a season out there when they come here because then it's like you get a team stuck in, like, a worse division than someone else, and it's like that's just a tough look, and then it just becomes harder on the travel and more money spent. So I don't think that would ever be possible. Uh, yeah, I because know. Because you look at, like, the – you look at the, like, um like the – I don't even – because all the – like the Pacific right now. The Pacific right now is probably the worst team in the league or the worst division in the league. But, yeah, it's the most competitive division because of how close everything is. Yes. But I'm saying, like, you get teams when you're going down there um, coming out of the Pacific, and it's like, well, now you got teams having getting to play Seattle and Anaheim and San Jose just a couple times a year when, like, the Sabres would have to – they're playing the Bostons, the Tampas more, and, like – like so how do you how do you make that fair assumption? So that's why that's I think that way would be tough going like the one through twelve like you said or like the one through sixteen whatever it would be. Yeah, I mean I see like your point, and I know that's like that's why legally a league realignment will never happen because like because the thing is though it all comes down to like cost and expenses and everything like that because obviously like this isn't. This is not the English Premier League, like where you play 38, every team plays only 38 games a season because there's only 20 teams in the league. It's you, you have team, even though there are 30 to 32 teams, like in each of the sports or league, the NFL being the obvious, being the obscurity here because there's only 17 games in a season and you only play, you don't play every team. But baseball is a 162-game season. It's a long season as it is. Um, hockey and basketball are 82-game 80, seasons as well. So, like, obviously travel costs and everything come into effect there. Uh, expenses, you know, re, uh, realigning the schedule and everything. That is something, like, it's uh, if, it, if it were to happen, it's something that isn't going to be done overnight. Like, it's going to be like a year long. It's going to be a process to make to figure out if it ever gets done. I don't ever see it happening, though. But again, it's always something that I've always joked around about maybe potentially doing. Yeah, I feel like that just would be too much. I say keep it out. Just, just go back to one through eight because I hate the stupid the way it sets up like the Atlantic plays the Atlantic most of the way through and the Metro plays the Metro. And then you have the two wildcard teams. I just say, just go back to the one through eight. I think that made it more exciting. But then again, I also do like having just the Atlantic play each other because I love seeing those Toronto Boston matchups or those like Florida Tampa matchups, like in the early rounds, but then it ruins it now because then you look at a, you look at something like this Minnesota St. Louis uh, series that's about to happen. It's like both these teams deserve to move on to the second round and only one's going to get you out of this. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly there. Like, you know, like you're going to have like a, you're going to have a great set. You have a great series like that happening in the first round 
Um, uh, so you have a great series like that happening in the first round, and that definitely could happen like later on in the playoffs. But because of how seeding is and everything, that's just how it is like right now currently. But no, nonetheless, like I'm excited for like when the playoffs like start May second. Um, hopefully, Vegas gets eliminated to, from contention tonight. If they lose to Dallas, that would be great. I, They're down two to one right now, going into the third. Uh, my they scored, they scored with two seconds left in the second. I saw that. I saw that. Oh well, come on, Dallas. You have a whole period to turn it around. Don't you worry. I still have faith. Also. Your Oilers in the your oil in the playoffs. Um, uh, you have confidence in them winning the cup. Um, or you so I have a real issue here. Are you going to get an Avs tattoo on you wherever you decide to get an Avs tattoo? Well, so like, like at the beginning of the season, clearly I picked Colorado to win the cup. That was my pick this year. And um, but then uh, way too early into the season, I put all my chips into the Oilers corner. Um. I am hopping back on Colorado train. Like I do think Colorado will win the cup. Um, I will probably have to get an avalanche tattoo on me somewhere. Um, I am just hoping it's Colorado because that's a tattoo. I wouldn't mind. Um, yeah. Imagine the Leafs actually somehow win the cup. It's going to be tiny. Cause I'm only going to try to pay like $80 for it tops. Um, I don't want an expensive one. I'm just going to get it hidden, but I am going to stick to my word. You still haven't put up the, the, I haven't been on social media as of late, like in general. You got to put that up just to save my ass. Maybe people let me get out of that bet. And I already, I've already been told, I've already been told by friends of the pod that like your that even if I put the poll up, they're still not, they're still gonna say like what I'm saying. Like you'd have to do it well, since there. like it's been in the airways. Well, but, our listeners are assholes, then. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> That's our clientele, Mister. All right, sorry. I'm just gonna become biz. Just start ripping on everyone. Yeah. It's fucking, you know, so you're gonna become like Paul Bissonette, like you're gonna get fucking sucker punched if you, one of our listeners ever sees you. Hey, he apologized to Buffalo today. If you got, I know if you got to listen to the pod yet or not. No, I know you told me that. I do, I need to listen to that one because, like, that one, like, that, oh, that the Gretzky one. stories were great. I was just immersed listening to him. He was only there for an hour though, which is kind of sad, but just his stories were just one of a kind just because it's coming from the great one. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I've played, like I said, like like when we talked about the Winter Classic, like and yeah, everybody was mad. Like oh, Gretzky was talking Heritage Classic, Heritage Classic. Yeah, everybody was talking mad that Gretzky told stories for three hours. Hey, I'd rather li- I I'll say it once, I'll say it again. I'd rather listen to Wayne Gretzky talk uh, talk for three hours about the same things over and over again than uh, listening to than listen to some people that I know for three hours because. Let's be honest. Wayne Gretzky's stories are better than listening to some of the default conversations I have to put myself through with some people I know. And you know what? Now, now that's an asshole move right there. If that's ever one. <laughs> I mean, you can't complain. It's a great one. People have to understand. Like, he is one of a kind. It's kind of like if you ever got like. Uh, I don't even know if like Michael because Michael Jordan I feel like is more public than Gretzky is because. I think the captivation around Gretzky is like, he's just not like very public with his life. So when he does do interviews or gets to talk, it's like, you listen. Exactly. Exactly. No, I would, 
I would love to listen to Michael Jordan. He would just find a way to, he would just start talking like basketball. Next thing you know, he's probably shit talking. Next thing you know, he's going to start shit talking some random asshole that owes him money from like 30 years ago. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like we got the Michael Jordan, like the one last dance. So we got this like here, Michael Jordan, like his stories and stuff like that. Like I'm saying with Gretzky, like clearly I would love to listen to Michael Jordan as well, but I'm saying Gretzky, you never got any of this before. No, you haven't. Yeah, no. That's like what, that's what the point I'm trying to make is he was always like a closed book where like some of these other guys who are like big name superstars are more of like an open book and like are out there in like the uh, the public sphere. Yeah, I know. There's really not a lot of documentaries or anything like that for hockey in general, like when you really think about it. No, I got to watch the 30 for 30, the King's Ransom that about Wayne Gretzky. I have. That came out like years ago. I still have not to watch it. That's about his trade to L.A. The running, the running joke was that he got traded to L. The running joke was that he got traded to L.A. because his wife wanted to go shopping there. Oh, he actually, um, they actually talked about the day on the podcast as to why he did. I don't know if you want me to spoil it for you or not. Yeah, spoil it for me. I'll listen. Uh, it was his dad's idea to go there. He said, he said Detroit has a Gordie Howe. Go make L.A. your home. So the reason he went there is because of his dad told him to. Not his. He he clarified it there. And then you had, uh, he also told the story about why he picked number 99. Oh, yeah. The coach in Salt St. Marie said, why don't you just like, what, uh, why don't you just pick two nines? Because he was trying to pick a number. He wanted number 16. Well, Gretz but... wanted, he said he always wanted nine, but he already had a nine on the team. So he wanted 16, but someone else had. And then the coach said, why don't you just take that nine, nine? And he said, I was okay. going to just say that. I saw the clip before. Well, like, yeah, I'm sorry that I cut you off, but I don't, I was just infatuated by it because I just, I just always thought he was trying to be different with the nine nine, like just be out there. When in reality, he was he was. When in reality, it was just like, you love Gordy Howe, just pick two nines for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, it was like me for like so, like, it was like me for like soccer. Like I want, I was trying to figure out like what number I wanted, then I ended up like, well, I guess I never like really. It, what sucked about us for soccer is like we didn't like get. Or at least I don't know about you, but you probably had the same number every four years. I didn't have the same number like all four years. Like I had the same number as a senior that I did as a freshman, but junior and but sophomore and junior year, my numbers were different. And I'm like, well, this is my fucking jersey. Like, why don't I just keep like, why can't I just keep my fucking number instead? No, some fucking bozo takes my number for a year and <laughs> think they didn't play again or whatever. Yeah, no, I was always 11 soccer, 91 hockey, and then 22 basketball. I was 18 for soccer freshman and freshman and senior year. I wanted 18 as a sophomore. I think sophomore year, 18 wasn't available because, like, I think the jersey got damaged, like, like ripped, like, towards the end of freshman year, and they never replaced it. But then if I remember correctly, somebody took 18 like when I was a junior and I didn't get it back until I was a senior because like obviously seniors like had the first pick of numbers and everything, that bullshit tradition, whatever you want to call it there. And for some reason, I may be wrong on this, but I think I think Keith Muldoon wore 18 like when I was a junior and I'm thinking to myself, great, I'm taking my number back from a fucking future criminal. 
Because let's be honest, we know like what we can't. I'm not going. We're not going into that ever on this podcast. We know what the fuck he did. And well, let's be honest, like it is what it is there. I I actually don't know what he did. Uh, Well, you have to text it to me. Ah, shit. Yeah, he was like stalking like one. Actually, fuck, I'll say it on the pod. I don't care. He was like stalking like one. He was like. This was you were gone, like when I you were gone, like this was happening, like when I was a senior, like he was stalking like one of the girls, like on social media and in real life, and became like really upset and re- obsessed with one of them. It was fucking, it was fucking weird. A girl that you went to school with, or yeah, it was a girl we went to school with. It was a girl we went like that went to NC. Like they, they, it got fucking bad. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Well, he was also not the brightest bulb in the box either. This is very true as well. This is true, but yeah, fuck. Um, kid had his issues, but it is what it is. There again, I didn't want. It, I'm hey. just kind of shocked that like you got you had 18, and then like because like a senior got it over you, even though the, like, technically the number was your number first year freshman year. I don't. I, what's what got me was I don't remember how if it was like I don't think a senior got like when I was a sophomore. I think that because like our jerseys were dog shit. What number did you even wear then, sophomore, junior? I don't even remember. How about that? I think it was no. It was fourteen. It was fourteen. I had eighteen like soft like freshman year, and then I took fourteen because I took fourteen because eighteen wasn't available. Like, I think, like, 18 jersey was, like, damaged, like, ripped or whatever, and it didn't get, like, fixed or whatever, because, let's be honest, Niagara Catholic, like, was cheap and had no fucking money. I was going to say, I always remembered you at 18, because, like, on our FIFA Pro Clubs team, because we're allowed to customize the guys now, you're on there, and you were number 18. Yeah, so I did, yeah, because I was 18. I had 14 for, like, junior and sophomore and junior. When it came to, like, jersey picking, like, I think... I think I had a doctor's appointment. Like, I think I was getting my physical the day like we picked jerseys. Like when I was a, when I was a junior, I may have been. I don't remember, but I remember. I think it was Keith that got it all, like from me, and I'm like, well, fuck me. I'm getting like, ah, well, because it, it it was a whatever. Because then, like when I was a senior, like when I was a senior, like we, like when I was a seat, like when I was a senior, like we got like the newer jerseys again, like we got the newer jerseys, like with our names on them again. And that's like how I was certain to have 18 again. Cause I'm, cause your dad, your dad was like, all right, what do you guys want? And like, we, oh, like, I picked a terrible number for that Jersey. I'm so mad at myself for that. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself for the number. I, I threw that Jersey out cause I hated the number. I remember for shits and giggles, like I picked like when when we did travel the one year, like when it came like numbers, I just picked like I just picked a random number for shits and giggles, and I'm like, why the fuck did I even pick this number? See, like during travel, I was always like, most of the time I was always 11, but then when we got the custom jerseys my senior year for high school, because we weren't allowed to wear them during league play, like I picked number 93 for (laughs) El Shawarwa. Yeah, you pick, yeah, I remember that scene. because I picked El Sharawa and then Rice picked 45 for Mario Bellatelli when they were both on Milan. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that because somebody wanted to pick 69 and that was and that was denied. Oh, uh, whenever I play beer league hockey, whenever I see guys wear number 69, I'm like, you're just an asshole. Like, if you were 69 during beer league hockey, you're one, no one fun. thinks you're funny, two, you're probably just an actual piece of shit in real life. 
Yeah. If any of our listeners wear 69 for anything, I'm sorry, but I'm sticking by what I said. You're a scumbag. You're fucking sorry. You're a scumbag. Then like if you, if we had anyone listen to the podcast that wears number 69 for anything, I want to bring you on as a guest and just to talk to you about why you wear that and then get you mental help somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what? I, you know, uh, oh God. I, I don't remember who wanted 69. It's probably Paiska. I guarantee it was Paiska. Had to be fucking Paiska. You know, no, I actually think it was Joe Cruz or Tommy Hamilton, actually. I don't, it might have been Paiska. Paiska, if it was you, you got to let us know. Uh, he he might have wanted 69. No, you know, because when you guys, like when custom jerseys, like when you guys were seniors, for some reason, I remember like, I knew you would you would joked about getting sixty nine, and the only reason why you joked about getting sixty nine was because was because like I like I think like for some reason I feel like it was like Liverpool related for some reason I don't know why it was Liverpool related but like um, I I think you were joking about it based off of Liverpool for whatever reason but you that's when you got ninety three there but but. Like again, I know Pisco. Like I'm pretty sure Pisco like actually asked if he could get 69, and the only issue he got denied because I don't think like he didn't ask your dad. He asked Mr. Winkworth, and Mr. Winkworth said no right off the bat. He knew right away why Pisco was going to ask if it was Pisco. Like I'm pretty sure it was Pisco that did that, and if he did, and if it was, and since Pisco asked him, oh my fucking god, that was a disaster right off the bat. You fucking bozo. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. He always was the one doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, this is very true. Pisco was a joy to have in the locker room, though, just because all the... I guess I can't say that because I did stupid shit as well. Yeah, you know, hey, high school is high school. Good times all around. But if you peaked in high school, though, you're also a piece of shit as well. This is if true. high schools are the best time of your life, you're an actual piece of shit. I don't think I don't think that I I don't think that man peaked in high school. There are some people that I do think that peaked in Niagara Catholic, and that's pretty fucking sad. I think I mean it's pretty obvious who they are. I'm never gonna. I'm not. We're not gonna say any names. No, I'm not going to either. We we both know that there are a couple kids that, but every high school has that. Where like they, those are their glory days. This is true. Cough, cough. Jacob Sosha. Cough, cough. What? Who said that? Your dick. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Nah, nah, nah. Speaking of scum, speaking of scumbags, and I guess I'll conclude my final thoughts on this. I want to know where <laughs> you're going with this. Oh yes, the Yankees fans at the end of the uh, game on Saturday against Cleveland. Miles Straw wanted all the smoke. I mean, if you're gonna cl- okay, so I I take two stands on this. If you're willing to climb up, like. And to get in fans' faces, they have every right to scream back at you and get in your face. But then the throwing shit goes too far. Like I'm all for the fans throwing up the pussy, like giving the the, the vagina like hand signal. But even though I think he did it upside down, because I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he did it upside down. But it's fine. I mean, there's a Yankees fan. What do you expect? They're a bunch of fucking idiots. Um, but the fans hey, are. Hey, hey, hey! Oh, fuck yourself there. I'm not wrong. You're saying that all Yankees fans are scumbags. I mean, I'm not going to go to a game and, like, actually purposefully, like, throw beer at somebody. Well, no, that's where the that's where the scumbag part – like like I said, I'm all for the guys, like, if they, like, get in – like, if someone gets in your face, you have every right to get back and, like, scream in their face. 
that's not off limits. But like the throwing stuff, that's a, that's a bit much. Well, I mean, the whole situation, like, at the end of the game was ridiculous to begin with. I mean, first off, like, the Yankees probably should have lost the game. But aside from that, their promising rookie, Stephen Kwan, like, hit the wall, like, hit the wall. Which allowed, like, trying to catch, like, the ball, trying to catch the ball in left field to end the game. He hits the wall, goes to the ground. Fans are calling him a pussy. Cleveland outfielders like approach the Yankees fans. They're the, the Yankees fans are calling them pussies. And then Miles Straw like actually comes up. And I and I don't know if I sent you the video about this, but Miles Straw like actually said, hit me, motherfucker. And then like and the fan was still talking shit to him. And then at the end of the game, like after Gleyber Torres won the game for them, that's when the fans started throwing shit like at Miles Straw because like they were mad, they were pissed at him for whatever reason. Now I'm not condoning, I'm not condoning the fan like what the fans did in any way, shape, or form because yeah, it's okay. It's one thing to go to a game and like trash talk an athlete at some point or heckle. That's part of the game, but you don't throw your beer cans or your soda bottles or your food or anything onto a feet onto the field of play where you can actually like do some sort of damage to like some sort of damage like you're just asking for it at that point and in my honest opinion i really hope that the yankees find out like who these scum fans were and ban them from ever attending the stadium for any game or anything stadium related in in their lifetime because they have the technology to do it. They really do. I don't see like why they don't get I see, I don't see like why they don't do anything about it like that. I mean that's what you would think would happen, but the Yankees are going to be like those fa- the Yankees organization is going to say those fans are in their pinstripe today because they're a bunch of scumbags. Oh my God! You really want to rile me up, you know? And I thought Liverpool. Fans so so you don't you don't think that those fans earned their pinstripe today? I'm shocked you're not taking that stance. Nah, no, no, no. Even big cat, even big cat. I'm pretty sure said that those fans didn't get their pinstripes. In fact, I think they had some of their pinstripes taken away. Um, uh, but no, like there's a couple people. There's somebody. There's a couple other people I know. They're like, yes, Yankees, Yankee organization, Yankee fans, all scumbags. I'm pretty sure that oh, I get... you're just like you're just like the Philly scumbags. Jesus Christ, we're not we're not like teaching 11 year old kids to like throw middle fingers at opposing quarterbacks. For right. That, that, I, see, I, love, I respect that. That's Jesus respectable. Right. I'm gonna have. If and if I ever have kids, I'm gonna when I go to like a Bills game or something, I'm making sure those kids for sure are throwing up to the middle finger to the Brady. You ever have kids? will probably still be in the league at that point, so I'm having them throw up the middle finger to Brady. You're you're if you ever have if you ever have kids, I'm I'm afraid like the first Bills game you take them to, you're gonna have make them drink beer with you and have them jump through a table with you, even if they're like. God knows how old. Hey, got to teach them young. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, boy. But, ah. Uh, hey, I know, I but you're right. Those fans, I mean, they do have the technology. Those fans should not be allowed, like, back in the Yankee Stadium or any ballpark for that matter. But 
has anything came out? Is anything going to happen to those fans? Is this? I have no idea, honestly. The players in Boone all like condemned everything. The team itself didn't say anything, which kind of annoys me. But that's on upper management, obviously. Like, like I said, they love it. It's New York City is just a fucking psychotic place to be in general. I mean. Fuck. I mean, I hate this. I hate like I've been to the city twice. I absolutely hate it there. Not not even just like the sports. Like I just hate this. I don't know. I just hate. No, New York City is fucking psychotic because the people there are just completely a completely different breed of just in general. Like uh, as soon as you get into inbreds. Nah, I wasn't even gonna go that far, but fuck no, they're just like miserable and grumpy all the time, and it's like, well, why the fuck do you hate the world? Maybe because they don't have a winning sports team. Yeah, I, hey, NYCFC, NF, uh, defending uh, MLS winners. But, this is uh, true, and that sad banner they put up. I, I, they play in a baseball stadium for fuck's sake. They're owned. It could by, have at least been a bigger banner. They're owned by a multi-billion-dollar organization with the City Football Group, and they still don't have their own stadium. That's pretty pathetic. With yeah, well, you would think with them being like you said, owned by City, they would put. They could probably get more people at City or at NY, NYCFC games than they do Manchester City games. Hey, I mean, the Etihad looked actually pretty full today. I mean, I don't know how many of them were Real Madrid fans, but the Etihad looked pretty Most full. Most of them were probably United fans or like Liverpool or Everton fans just going to the game just to see a game. Everton fans trying to. Everton fans are trying to go see some like good soccer because, oh my God. Everton fans are just trying to go see some good football. Everton fans want to experience what the Champions League is like because there'll be another 25 be, years yeah, before they do that. They might not even get back in the Premier League next year if they get demoted. I'm here for the. I'm here for them getting relegated. I'm here for the bands. Thank you for living up to expectations. Why didn't you tell me that a Liverpool legend, Divock Origi, scored in another Merseyside derby, by the way? I thought you would have just known this. I mean, it's. I didn't watch. I didn't watch the game. Oh. I was out oh. on the course. Yeah. Oh, okay, makes sense. But yeah, it's just inevitable. <laughs> it's just inevitable. I knew it was. I saw that it was one nil, and I'm like, all right, Liverpool have this in the bag. Yeah. Then Origi just scoring the 85th as he does. Yeah, because I like I said, I was out on the course. I had a 12:50 tee time, and I was out on the course until like fucking, I want to say like 4:30. Well, if I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch the game either because I knew we were going to kill them. I, it was 80, I was, it was 80 degrees. If I was staying in my apartment, like on an 80 degree day, like that's insanity. Yeah. I was golfing when this happened anyways. Yeah, exactly. Like I had no idea. I, I forgot to check the final score, like when I had gotten back, but, and then I checked it like yesterday or like I, yesterday or Monday, just because I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I forgot like to see what the score was. And then I saw that like, Oh, Devok scored. And then I saw that like United actually are playing on Thursday against Chelsea. And I'm like, why is that a thing? <laughs> like, why are we doing a makeup game? Like when the Europa league semifinals are on, I'm definitely not watching that. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, you guys, do you, you guys can't. I, you, We're done for. I'm I, not I, can, I mean, you guys still just have our Arsenal and Tottenham above you. You guys could still get top four realistically with how those two teams are so inconsistent. But hey, it's like you guys are very inconsistent as well. Huh? Don't know, Don't let Arsenal fans know your uh, know your next move. Don't let Arsenal know your next move. Uh, the most uh, the, the the most wild and inconsistent team in the Premier League as of right now. 
They they lose to Southampton and Crystal Palace, but yet beat Man United and Chelsea. Go figure. Well, I mean, it's not like they beat a big club, let's be honest. And they didn't. The clubs they lost were probably bigger than the clubs they beat. Ha, 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 You really want to rile me up tonight, don't you? Well, I'm not wrong. Ha, <laughs> uh, oh boy. Well, I, mean, I mean, you guys are a grade-A shit show right now. No, I know that. We are terrible, but don't. Every, I, I, everyone outside of the top two are grade-A shit shows. The whole league is a shit show for the most part. I'm not saying you are can we the farm it... are we the farmers? No, because you no, because the two top teams in the league are probably the two best teams in Europe and if not world football in their finals. So are they really the is the league a farmers league? Potentially. In domestic competition, yes. In your in in your in continental competition, most likely not. Uh, the Bundesliga is a farmers league to me. Bayern Munich won their 10th straight Bundesliga title. I was doing a little research like a couple night, like after Bayern had like won the title just to see like when the last time a club not named Bayern or Dortmund won the Bundesliga. Take it. I want you to take a guess on this. Cool. Hmm. This had, was it in my lifetime? It was in your lifetime. 2003? Yeah, close. Or, uh, 2009, Wolfsburg. Why don't, after, I, why don't I remember that? After after Wolfsburg, Byron won, Byron won in 2010, Dortmund won in 2011 and 2012, and then it's been Bayern ever since 2013. Only five clubs not named Bayern or Dortmund have won the Bundesliga since 1993. Jesus. Yeah. Who was on that Wolfsburg team? I, you know, let me take a look here. I'm going to do a little research right now. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, we're doing a little research here on the pod, everybody. Let's take a look. Players. Yeah, honestly, nobody. Oh, oh wait, was it Edith? Wait, was Dzeko on that team? Jacko, yes, it was Jacko. Jacko, uh, Jacko was the forward. He was the he was one of the big names on that team. Yeah, it was. I'm looking at these other names. I don't know anyone. Uh, Z- Andrea Barzagli was also on that team as yeah, well. Servajan Mikovic, he was their record assist getter. Um, yeah, I have no. I don't know any of these names besides Zeko. Besides Zeko. Yeah, Jekko, Yeah, and then he went to City afterwards. That yeah. are from Wolfsburg. But yeah, it was him and Andrea Barzagli that were the two big names from here. But. Yeah, no, that, that like that that just goes to show that like the Bundesliga is a farmers league, but 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 the thing is though is like Premier League not not a farmers league, great a shit show because like the lack of, because the quality after like City and Liverpool and we've talked about this is like terrible. Yeah, but I was just came out of being farmers because like clearly like other teams have made it far into like. Champions League football and so well further than other countries have had. But it's like we've talked about with just the power of these two teams and the managers they have, even though we both think Pep is just a bald fraud. 
Yeah, he is, but yeah. But oh, thing, this is, uh, is going to be the Champions League final between these two. Yeah, unless Real Madrid win the second uh, win the second leg in the Bernabeu, which I mean could potentially it could happen. I mean, it was I didn't like I said I didn't get to see the game today. You did, but four three. I mean, they have City actually probably should have scored like six or seven. Mares hit the post. Mares actually probably should have squared one the Foden to make it three nil inside like twenty minutes. Benzema scored to bring one back from Madrid. Um, Foden, uh, Mara's actually like made a great, had a great run and sh- and had one just like wide of the net on a tight angle. I think Foden also, Foden, Foden also like had a goal line clearance happen too, kind of like they actually probably should have scored like six or seven actually. Okay, yeah, like I said, I'm gonna go back and watch highlights, but that'll be watching. My game tomorrow, um, even though I'm hoping to be out of a FedEx truck by then. But if not, if I hit a little kid, I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's hope you don't do that. I mean, um, uh, come on, Villarreal. Come on, Villarreal. Come on. Um, uh, no, all joking aside, Villarreal probably will lose this tie. But I mean, good they're catching us at literally the wrong. I think this is the hottest this team has been. Quadruple still on for you guys, although I don't think you'll win the league. Yeah, it's tough. Now I don't see City dropping points. Any of the teams they have coming in, but I don't think I've even the year was Liverpool won the league and the champ like the year we won the Champions League as well. I don't think I've seen this team play as good as they are right now. No, you guys have a better squad depth than you did in eighteen, nineteen, and nineteen twenty. Luis Diaz is a cheat code. Great recruitment there. Yes, it was, and uh, wasn't he linked to you guys as well? He was linked to Tottenham. I thought he was linked to you guys as well as Tottenham. No, not us. Everybody is technically rumored to join Manchester United based on the fact that it's Manchester United. The only player, the, the only player, never linked to Manchester. Actually, no, this isn't true. Messi was linked to Man United after his contract with Barcelona expired. But everybody, like for betting purposes, is linked to Man United. Like, I'm pretty sure that there are players that are st- that are retired that have been long retired that are still linked to United somehow. And it kind of baffles me, but no, um, uh, yeah. Tottenham actually like Tottenham actually had like the contract paperwork, like all written up for him. And then it's like, and then he said, no, I don't want to go. And then that's like when you guys scooped them up. So great, great recruitment there. Uh, a, but yeah, I don't, I just don't see how this Villa team can beat, especially them being what they're like ninth in La Liga. Villarreal, yeah, no, they're not they're they're not good in La Liga, but yet Unai Emery somehow making somehow um uh, somehow making, Europe. making mir- miracles happen in Europe. But then again, I mean, like he is like a he is like a Europe Cup competition manager somehow. I mean, winning the Europa League with Villarreal last season, winning it with Sevilla. I mean, the only thing that's the only thing that sucks for him is that he couldn't get the job done for PSG. But I mean, nobody can. Yeah, there are still certs. I don't think this team will ever win a Champions League. That PSG team, because let's be honest, they don't care about their domestic cups. They don't care about the domestically, domestically league and French Cup are a joke. And now we know Poach is out of there. Poach is a bum anyway. Poach is a bum anyways. Fraud. 
anybody to tell people have told them there have been people that have told me like, Oh, you guys should have hired Potch and not Ten Hag because of the premier league experience that Potch has. And I'm, and, and I'm just clap back and I say, he finished third in a two horse title race in 2016. And then their comment, like they come back and say, no, Lester was winning that all year. And I'm like, you don't fucking know. No, like shut. Like, they didn't know. have that. They didn't have that locked up till maybe the last month of the season. If exactly, that. exactly. I, I get told it was written in the stars. Like no, like no, okay. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Like that was a struggle down the stretch for Leicester. That was a 2015-16 season was just a complete and utter shit show when you really think about it. But it is what it is. There, it's also hard to believe that that's six years now, like since less since that Leicester run, and. Now they're like in a makeshift European semifinal just as a UEFA money grab. But, oh, well, it is what it is there. Um, I mean, hey, I think Liverpool win tomorrow. I don't know whether or not if if it's as entertaining as this City game was to be determined. It will Um, be entertaining for me. Unless they're losing. This is true. Then it will be entertaining for me. But the thing is, though, is like if it, if it's a Liverpool versus City Champions League final, who are you rooting for? Liverpool already has more Champions Leagues than United, so I'll I'll root for Liverpool just because. Like, let's be honest, I can't. We I we can't have City winning a Champions League. All right. So if if Liverpool had as many as United did Champions League finals, what would you say? I'm still rooting for Liverpool because we can't have City winning Champions League. Yeah, I respect it. I have a jersey waiting for you. <laughs> you got to come down and watch it with me, Dave, Andrew, and Zach. Oh, God. Yeah, well, I'll find out when it oh, – yeah, because that's a Saturday. So, obviously, like, I'll be I'll be down with that. Day. Yeah, I'll be taking off of work that day. Yeah, uh, that's a Saturday. That would be a Saturday there. Um, uh now, when it comes to the Premier League, I'm sorry, I, you guys, you guys will be even with us when you win a Premier League event, like if you win the <laughs> Premier League this season. So, like, I can, I'll root for City in the Premier League mainly because, like, they're they're still nowhere near like our total. But for Champions League, I can't root for like it. It pains me to root for Liverpool in the Champions League. It does, but like, let's be honest. If City ever win a Champions League, they're gonna have like Blu-rays and DVDs and like all these documentaries about like one their one uh, their long road to glory for Europe for European success. And it's like, no, we don't need to see that. So, I, God, I don't even see who. There's no way they lose the leads on Saturday. Nah. My best chance is either Newcastle or West Ham, unless somehow maybe like last game of the season, maybe it's written in the stars. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah, I know. Stevie G does you a Stevie G does us a favor and just gets a point, gets a draw against them. They're at home, though, against Villa last day of the season, right? Yeah, yes. But – don't they have to play? I tough think, you think all right. So we play well. Liverpool. Play Villa May tenth. You think Stevie throws the game? Uh, maybe. I mean, I I mean Villa have nothing to prove at this point. Um, city, the city city plays Wolves still, correct? Um, I'm not seeing that in their schedule. Is it Wolves or Southampton? They have a so, make. 
All right, I'm not seeing that makeup game in the schedule right now. So I think I think you're right. It is Wolves. Wolves are always a pesky bunch of fuckers. That may, that's your trap game there. Uh-huh. Cause yeah, because like I said, like Newcastle maybe and then West Ham maybe like they'll yeah. be able to get a point out of there. But I don't see City losing on the way in. It'll be you also draw. play Newcastle too. And I think that game's at Newcastle, so that'll be your trap. That's your trap game. You know what game scares me for us coming in? Uh I- I don't know why, like, I'm scared of this, but uh, we have still have to play um, Tottenham. Oh, yeah. You still have to play Tottenham, which obviously, like, that's a game that can – Tottenham's like – Tottenham's, like, I don't know what it is with Liverpool and North London clubs, but, like, those games are always pesky. Yeah, with them, it's either – we're either blowing them out or we're somehow losing. Or you draw them like two two or three three. Yeah, like it's it that's how what it comes down to. Like it's either like we're not gonna have a close win. Cause I know if this game's close going down to the end, we're either gonna be drawing or losing. Like we only ever blow out these teams. It's the weirdest thing ever. I don't understand it and I don't know why. Yeah, I mean it, it is very weird there for that. Um But yeah, against Newcastle though, we have the fucking early kickoff and you know what the Queen says, never bet against, never bet the early kickoff. Never bet the early quick kickoff. Yeah, the Queen. Long live the Queen. God save the Queen. <laughs> um, uh, nah, your trap game, your trap game is Newcastle. Your trap game is Newcastle. City Saturday. Trap, huh? Saturday. City's trap game is Wolves. And I don't care that they, I don't care that if it's at home or away. Wolves are just a pesky bunch of fuckers. Um, now we're getting to the final stretch. I mean, I'm I'm excited for the final stretch of the season because I'm not paying attention to United anymore. I I'm just enjoying football as a neutral fan uh, for cup competitions and uh, leagues. Um, but you know where I stand. We should be drinking in June and uh, drinking in June and beer becomes breakfast instead of November. But that we've already had that there. But. I mean, like I said, I'm excited for – based on everything we've talked about, other than the draft, I'm excited for, like, the hockey playoffs. I'm excited for, like, the end of the soccer season. Um, whether or not people think the Yankees and their fans scumbags is a whole other thing. Um, Paiska, I want to – I want you to confirm or deny that you were trying to get 69 for Niagara Catholic soccer for whatever bullshit reason. Um do you have any other final thoughts or uh, before we conclude, sir? Uh, Matthews hit 60 tonight. Good for him. Good, Good for him only to be knocked out in the first round of playoffs. And future Arizona Coyote Austin Matthews scores 60 for the first time in his career. Speaking of, did you see the, the season ticket prices for the Yotes next year? That is a bunch of bullshit. Who actually like wants to? Who in their right mind will pay that much money to go see that shit team in a five thousand seat arena? Um, I think more people will now because um, Scottsdale is not close to where like like the main town is for like people that live in Phoenix, and they're closer to Old Town now, being at ASU. So they'll get more people at the game. So I think more people will pay for it. Yeah, I think that they're going to get a lot of college students. Well, yeah, they already said they're going to be blocking off a section for college students. Yeah, no, that's good there. But I think, like, in, in general, like, I think they'll get more college students than, like, regular fans. But see, the season ticket prices, like, to see the Arizona Coyotes 
Like I, I I'm like, why are they that much? Yeah, like, I agree with you, but I also do think they'll probably they'll sell out most every game next year because only being a five thousand, that's not saying much. I do think they'll sell out. Yeah, they they definitely will sell out because what's sad is that because there's nothing really to do in Arizona, like entertainment wise for the most part. Like they that's why they get they actually average a higher have averaged a higher attendance than the Sabres have this season, which is pretty pathetic in my eyes, but that's just because there's nothing to do in Arizona on an entertainment on an entertainment level, in my opinion. But then again, I've never been to Arizona, so like, what 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 your options to do like on a Wednesday night? I guess I. But, um, yeah, season ticket prices like I find them ridiculous for that team. They will sell out. They'll get a good amount of people like going to games next season because it's five thousand because it's only a five thousand seater. And they will sell out a good amount of their games, which won't be an issue. Just imagine, like, say, like, 30 games into the season, the team is, like, dead last in the league, which is, like, where they're going to expect to be anyways. Just imagine seeing, like, only, like, 200 fans in the stand, in the stands, though. How pathetic would that be? Um, I think at that point, if that was the case, they'll be giving away, like, $5 tickets to, like, uh, college students and they'll go to the game, so I don't think they'll ever be low on attendance. Because I don't, I don't see this team being where they are. Like uh, Arizona is like a destination city where people will vacation, so like the tickets were cheap. And since it's in Old Town, it's actually like close to all the bars down there and stuff. Like it's in a nice neighborhood and stuff. Oh, I yeah, think the tickets. You know more than about that than I do. Yeah, it's Old Town's very nice. So I think I don't think we'll ever see them with a lower average attendance than like four thousand. Yeah, I just don't, I, for the bands, I just like picture. No, I get, I get I get what you're saying. It would be a funny sight to see, but I don't think that happens just based on the fact that this new stadium is in a nicer location to get to. Because yeah. Scottsdale is like, if you live like in the city, it's like a forty-five minute drive out there to go watch a hockey team play. That's not good. This is very true. This is very very true. Um, uh, so understandable there. Um, but yeah, Hey, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens as this, like when that happens, obviously we still have a whole playoff. Uh, we still have the whole playoffs and everything to go there. Um, shit. If they're offering $5 tickets next season, shit, I'll fuck. I'll buy, I'll, I'll drive. I'll buy a plane ticket to Arizona. Not with the plane price, not with fucking airline ticket prices right now. You won't. Yeah, this is true. Inflation's a bitch. And that's why I'm not driving to Arizona. I... <laughs> yeah, you'll probably pay $1,000 to fly down there. I'll probably pay like 200 in gas <laughs> just to fucking drive there and back and then a hotel. So, yeah, no, that's understand. Never mind. I take that back. I'll, I'll watch it on. Uh, I'll watch it on. Uh, by uh, I'll listen to it on the Coyotes radio and uh, listen to the voice of the Coyotes, Paul Bissonette. <laughs> Speak. I can't wait to watch him on TNT tomorrow again. He's great every Wednesday. He always has a fun clip. This is true. This is true. Chicklets Cup, uh, Ju- July twenty second and twenty third, right? Yep. Sign up is tomorrow at. Uh, I guess no free ads, but here we are. Sign up for it is tomorrow at noon, and I will be signing my team up for that. There you go. I will be. I told you I'll come out and watch. Yes, you will. And you have a you have an extra bed in my apartment if you want to sleep in it. 
Ah, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, uh, and I told you, if you sucker punch him, even though he apologized to the city of Buffalo, I will do a GoFundMe. All right. At least you're doing something for the cause. <laughs> uh, I'm not. Well, bail reform still a thing, so you may get out on your own recognizance. But I don't trust. I, you know how you know how I don't trust the uh, system. Um, uh, just because I don't like politicians. But I have no other thoughts. Uh, Pisk, actually, I do. Pisk, the Red Sox suck. They're fucking scum bums, and they're not making the play- postseason this year. Scum bums. They're scum bums. Uh, mainly because I can't call out the scum bums from Queens because they have the best record in baseball right now. But they'll choke and collapse, and Mets fans will just be moping. Just let let me enjoy the moment right now. That. <laughs> Hey, I will. I will. And then because I'll laugh. You know we're going to collapse at some point. And then I'll laugh in September. So we, we've got time. But that concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. You can listen to, download, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I We have a Twitter. I have not used social media as of, like, as of much lately, even on my own personal accounts. Um we need to hire a social media manager. I've actually been told, jokingly told that we should. Um, uh, maybe we'll find an unpaid intern somewhere. But until the next episode of the pod, just keep on keeping on, everybody. Um.